Welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the rise of Kiyoshi. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal in the Flying Opera Company. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? Uh, I'm full of two shots of outies in the shoulder, because I got, I, got the COVID, I got the COVID booster and the flu shot today after work. <laughs> Double dipping. Bold. Yeah. I, I've been doing that for basically, like, uh, the last couple of years, really. Because, like, ever since, like, because uh, 20... 21 wait hang on okay i thought for a sec my fantastic uh, froze it did not okay cool uh because like i think 2021 they had two shots right because like aside from like the ones you got a few weeks between each other and like starting in spring but you also sell a booster that fall too right i think uh something like that yeah i don't remember i think so. i think so ago. yeah I, I think there was one then and then after that it started getting to be once a year because i definitely remember i got uh I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure I got the COVID booster and the flu shot at the same time back in 2021. I definitely did that last year because uh, they were became available basically like as I was still recovering from my breast augmentation. So I just got them done while I was still out from work anyway. Because <laughs> it's like, might as well double up. If they're going to fuck me up, let them fuck me up at the same time, basically, while I'm also laying around recovering from titty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's never been bad. It's like, yeah kind of nasty sore shoulder for like a day or two but that's it really when it comes to me like compared to like every time my mom's gotten the booster she's always like yeah i'm basically on the couch like and not <laughs> moving at all for at least a day or two after getting them and meanwhile i'm like well uh, i'm younger <laughs> yeah and I, I just did them because again i would i would prefer to try to get them done when i actually had some time off but since i just started my job last week it's like one of those cases of you really can't be absent for like any day for like was it like 60 days or something or 90 depending on the job i think that's usually 90 yeah it's, it's yeah it's either like two or three months straight of like you can't really have an absence like i had to like talk to them about uh how i have my endo appointment like my yearly endo appointment in mid-december but that's like at like a half hour before the day begins so it's like i'll basically be only like a half hour late roughly because it's like a half hour drive and a half hour appointment so i get there <laughs> basically at like nine instead of eight thirty. but they were like yeah you can just like come by like a half hour earlier and stay a half hour later just to make up that it won't be a problem because by that point i'll be properly trained and by myself so it's not like i would be missing anything in terms of like actual training but yeah uh Jasmine at least going all right so far. It doesn't, like, even though it's still obviously in the training section, it's not like it drags on or anything, really. I guess it kind of did today just because I'm still kind of the only person that actually understands the process, and therefore my supervisor is basically using me as an avenue to not have to uh, keep talking to herself all the time, because nobody else really wants to say anything besides me occasionally asking questions. Which again, <laughs> showcases why I'm the only one that actually fucking understands this stuff compared to what i've seen some other people do so like she basically had me go through like i think at least like 15 closer to 20 uh cases today and basically like uh some of them she even like trusted me to be like you can count them for eligibility while this other person's going but don't complete them just yet and then like we basically went through that and it's like okay yep these are all good you can start them and like doing the actual proper stuff I don't think I should get into, like, huge specifics about what my job actually is, because it's still dealing with insurance stuff, <laughs> so... I don't think they know about the podcast, but I should probably keep my mouth shut. <laughs> uh... Yeah. I mean, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I suppose. Yep. 
I mean, they're the kind of place that you're not allowed to have your phone on the floor at all. You can have it outside the office, but not inside, because a bunch of people, like, you know, because you're dealing with a bunch of, like, stuff like HIPAA and whatnot. So, it's kind of amusing that my previous job, which is dealing with way more personal information, including people's checks when it came to, like, seeing their routing and bank accounts, they didn't give a fuck if you had the phone, your phone on you. <laughs> it's kind of amusing in that sense, where it's like, that place dealt with even more variety of personal information like that and they would they were just like whatever fuck it <laughs> so, yeah i don't know i mean i work in a doctor's office and they could not care less so i think yeah. you just work at a weird place maybe because <laughs> like you can't say it's a hipaa thing if i am also under hipaa and true I'm totally... <laughs> and i and i was also under hipaa my last job that i had for a year yeah, <laughs> where see? i could very much be staring at my phone if there were dead periods so yeah i don't know that's just how they are but it's Related to that, they do say you can have, like, little MP3 players, if you have them still, to listen to, like, music or audiobooks throughout the day. I didn't have one until yesterday, because I ordered one, like, last week, and I was finally able to pick it up. And, uh, it's really weird trying to find a, an MP3 player at all in 2023, and be like, no, I don't need Bluetooth, I don't need any sort of internet connectivity on this thing, I just need it to just literally be... A playback machine for what I load on it. <laughs> and it like, that sounds improbable. Yeah, it 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 took me actually a bit to actually find one that seemed decent enough. And like, it's, I found it for like thirty bucks, the little Samsung thing. And it's like, I I I loaded it up with stuff yesterday, and like I tested it this morning while I was getting ready for work, and it's like yeah, played Harold and Knife just fine. So I guess it was that. <laughs> it just feels a little bit strange to be like, okay, you can have this. And it's like, well, I guess it's just strange to be picking up an an MP3 player in the year 2023. <laughs> I mean, you could do what I did and uh, just still have your iPod from 2003. Oh, I definitely don't do that. <laughs> I, I did still, I did still have my old iPod Nano from like 2005 or whatever it was for a long time. Till recently, I feel like in the last year or two. At some point, it like it its battery like fully died and it couldn't charge anymore. So it was just like in whatever that like center console like uh you know how again cars how they have like the between the seats thing that you can pull up and put stuff in. I'm sorry, like no, little... this is from 2006. It wasn't introduced until 2005, so that wouldn't oh, okay. have gotten it for a year. Yeah, my mistake. Enough, yeah, but, but yeah, but like I used to have that just in my car all the time, and like I think at some point, like in the last few moves or whatever, I like went through my car cleaning stuff out or something, and saw that in there. I was like, this thing's been busted for ages. I'm just gonna toss it, because even if it still had, it was able to charge, it's probably surely died in like some summer or winter heat or uh, cold or something, if it wasn't fully dead already. So yeah, I don't know what happened to that thing. But also that was like the old days of like having the big fucking wide connector which i'm sure they don't make those cables anymore at least for cheap <laughs> i don't know um you can still get them but you kind of have to like special order yeah yeah i would imagine it's probably just a lot of stupid unnecessary hoops to jump through certainly not gonna be on a, a shelf at a store yeah also like aren't like most because like apple still makes ipods right uh i mean i think so but they're not the same thing now they're more like a phone yeah, I would imagine that, like, probably, like, any modern iPod is something that you probably would be like, oh, this has Bluetooth capability, so you can't actually have it anywhere near my job. Okay, yeah, check this out. Uh, phone chart or uh, iPod video charger, three ninety nine on Amazon, 
$368 on eBay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck everything. Yeah, because, like, even, like, I'm even just looking at Apple's website, and it's, like, store, Mac, iPad, iPhone, watch, AirPods. They don't even list, like, iPod <laughs> anywhere here. It's just, I, I might say iPod, I meant iPad, but still. No. Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna search iPod in their search drop-down thing. iPod service and repair, iPod touch support. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they really make them anymore is the thing. But also, to be fair, everybody has a fucking, like, supercomputer in their pocket these days. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is because they tried a revival a couple years ago, but mm. it was it was a smartphone that didn't have service. Like, Yeah, it's like, it was like, it's this phone without the phone, basically. It's yeah, like, well, like... you can do everything else that a phone can do, except actually, like, make calls and stuff. And it's like, why mm -hmm. at that point, why don't you just use your phone? Yeah, I mean... As soon as you connected to Wi-Fi, they were functionally identical. Yeah. It, like, it's something that I always found amusing, where, like, uh, this would have been some, like, six or seven years ago, I think, where uh, my mom had... Actually, no, I don't think it was six or seven that many years ago. It might have been, like, four or five, but it's, like, it's when she just got her mouse at six. So, yeah, I think it was, like, it was, like five years ago, where she asked me, like, Hey, Vi, how do you get music from my com from the computer to uh, a USB thing? Because, like, her, com her car has, like, the ability to, like, slot a USB stick in there and basically play music from it or whatever. <laughs> and I'm, like, thinking that, and it's like, well, that's not hard. But also, you have a smartphone. Your car has Bluetooth. And she's like, yeah, but I don't want to use it for that. And meanwhile, she uses Bluetooth to make calls on her phone all the time or receive them. <laughs> and it's like, it's the same thing. You're just not having the music play. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was an interesting experience of having to also... That was when she still had her crappy uh, laptop that fortunately died since then, so she had to get a different one. But it's like, that thing was just so slow because she had it since, like, starting, tr like, teaching back in, like, uh, my old high school and whatever. So it's like, that thing was like easily 10 years old and ran like shit, and like every time I tried to help her organize by making folders, like, a few months later I would see your desktop and it's like, oh, it's a mess again. <laughs> we went, th I, we took three hours out of my visit once to d organize this cleanly, and you just have everything vomit all over the screen again. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I'm also the kind of person that actually, like, intentionally designs, like, you know, my phone and everything to not have apps all over the screen and just, like, a few at the dock and then the, the app drawer, because I like seeing the wallpaper I have on my phone. <laughs> I have one of, uh, Rusty's, uh, Armored Core from Armored Core 6 <laughs> at the moment <laughs> on it. <laughs> I like seeing him because Rusty is a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Yep. Uh, I got, like, basically just one other thing, really, from the last yeah. few weeks, but, uh, I don't know if you have anything you want to bring up before I just keep talking. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I haven't done a ton of stuff. Uh, went to Oklahoma, came back. It was a lot of hours in the yeah, car. Yeah, you had a lot. You had like every car problem possible during that trip <laughs> from what you were posting. Well, like, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but. Uh, but y'all had some pretty rotten luck. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sometimes your tire blows out while you're doing 75 on the highway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it I, happens. It's... It still, like, boggles my mind, right? Remember, like, back when I was talking about how I had that flat tire happen with my car? Mm -hmm. Like, around the same time I had, like, my phone die and everything? It, it was still so weird, like, after, like, the initial, like, panic of, like, oh, shit, I gotta actually, like, get my car looked at again for, like, the fourth time in a year, basically, to be like, that's actually the first time I ever had any tire problem whatsoever. 
And it's like, that at least was just like, okay, well, it went flat. It's not like, you know, full-on explosion on the highway. That was me pulling out of, like, the parking lot of the Verizon store. <laughs> <laughs> Way different context there. But, uh, yeah, it's still just, like, thinking of, like, all the things you were talking about this weekend. It's like, wow, you just had, like, every problem possible happen with that. <laughs> just getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Did the visit at least go well? Like, was that at least fun? Oh, yeah, that was fine. It was um, a big Scottish festival in Tulsa that we were there for, and my sister, I don't know if I've mentioned on the show, is a professional Highland dancer slash dance teacher, so she went up for the competition. And... Oh, okay. Yeah, you've mentioned your sister before, because like, I remember you mentioned she has a rabbit, so that's why you have to keep digging upstairs. Well, I yeah, don't think... I just yeah. don't think I'd mentioned what she does. No, so... no, yeah. I don't remember you ever saying that. <laughs> So yeah, no, it was weird, because, like, I myself am a bagpiper, so it's very strange for me to go to a Celtic festival and not be playing something. <laughs> right. <laughs> to be there for somebody else rather than uh, you doing something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, how do you... I don't understand <laughs> how people do renaissance fairs or whatever when they're not performers. Like, you can go through all the booths in three hours and then you just sit there all day? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of one of the things I'm actually surprised. I've never actually gone to a Renaissance Fair myself yet. <laughs> Which, like, it feels like it'd be right up my alley, especially with all the people that I see, like, on, like, social media being like, I'm a lesbian, and I have, like, eight swords, and everybody being like, where you get swords from? And they're like, Renfair. And it's like, me being like, oh, I kind of want a sword, even if it's there not, like, a real so sword. so many sword booths. I mean, like... yeah, they know they're gonna sell. Like, that's the thing. People want swords, even if they're not an actual real sword. Because <laughs> swords are neat. <laughs> it's weird, right? Because, like, normally at a festival like this, you'll get maybe a sword booth. Maybe. Mm -hmm. It kind of depends on the festival itself. But this time, I think there were, like, four or five, and I don't even know. <laughs> hmm. Saturdays and Sundays through October 15th, plus Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh... The New England's Old England Connecticut Renaissance Fair. <laughs> I just I looked up I strongly advise going with a friend if you can. It's much more interesting if you're not alone. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, my mom isn't going to be visiting again till like, the weekend after my transversary. So, like, the first weekend of December is when she's going to be here. So, it's not like, uh, she'd be able to come to that. <laughs> The thing is that, like, I've already kind of, like, tried to figure out, like, uh, getting together with my roommates to go to this year's, uh, Nightfall, which is the thing that Hartford also does at, like, a variety of different parks. Like, they basically switch parks each year. It's, it's basically like a, like, uh, like, costume and, like, shadow puppetry performance that they do to, like, basically celebrate spooky season. Hmm. I, th I think they always do that the first or second, uh, Saturday of October. I think it's, like, the fifth this year or something like that. Yeah, it, it was neat. Uh, I didn't know... Oh, wait, no, it'd be the 7th this year, not the 5th, because the 5th is a Thursday. But yeah, it was it was neat, because, like, I hadn't obviously heard of it before <laughs> when they told me that, and it's like, oh, okay, I don't know what to expect from this, and it was actually pretty neat just to, like, sit in the park and kind of freeze a little bit <laughs> and deal with the massive crowds trying to all use uh, public restrooms or go to, like, the one hot dog stand <laughs> waiting around oh. for, like, two hours before that thing started. You didn't go to the haunted hayride and learn all about your town's witchly history no are you actually looking at the nightfall side at the moment 
No. Because I don't no. actually remember if they had. I don't. I don't know if they. I don't think they have one. They have like some activities, like you can make like a little lantern in a jar. But I don't think they had the haunted hayride. I am pointing very hard at the Owl House season three episode. Oh one. right, right, yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, <laughs> I was just even thinking of that earlier today. Of like, yeah, it's already been almost a year since that episode there. No, uh, I don't think Luce lives in the equivalent of Hartford is the thing. I don't think Gravesfield <laughs> is Hartford. Oh, definitely not. Gravesfield is way smaller, but. Yeah, I guess like I remember at some point, uh, I think Dana Terrace had confirmed what Gracefield was based on. I'm trying to see. Oh, uh, series creator Dana Terrace's hometown of Hampton, Connecticut. That's what the inspiration of Gracefield is. Where is Hampton, Connecticut? <laughs> I don't know where that is. I've never heard of it. Before I've only lived there for a year and a half still. <laughs> uh... Oh, it's actually not too far away from Hartford. It's it's closer to New Haven, but yeah, it's a little smaller but uh new haven's much bigger yeah okay there we go now we know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh if you don't have anything else i can i can talk a lot about the game that i got gifted <laughs> uh not really i mean it's okay. like i have been watching so much tv lately on account of my job that lets me work from home but also i can't talk about any of it because yep, <laughs> yep. Hey, I I kind of wonder when this episode releases if the strikes will still be going or not. At this rate, probably because it's already been how long has it been now? Like two months? Uh, hundred and fifty-four days, I believe. Oh, okay, longer. So yeah, like almost four months now. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, because like that was that was like early June or so, right? When that started. Uh, if it was early June, then my number is way off. Um, May 2nd. Oh, dang. Mm -hmm. That's that's way longer than I thought for some reason. <laughs> hmm. Oh, fun. Uh, more power to them. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, clearly Disney and other companies like that will K because uh, they're they've been feeling the hurt a lot recently. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh... Yeah, there was a lot of talk of the strike ending very shortly because the big guys are finally getting involved, but also, like, not really. You know how it is. They're going to come to the table mm. and they're going to give an offer that is completely different from what the strikers are demanding, yeah. and then they'll yeah. pretend that they were in... Yeah. Naturally, yeah. Of course, they're going to be like, well, we offered them stuff, and they said no. Uh, fuck them, I guess. And meanwhile, it's like, you're, what you offered was like a small fraction of what they were asking for. Okay, 142 again, days, not 154. My mistake. Okay. Eh, close enough at this point, <laughs> how long it's been. But it's like, it's always a case of like, of course, like, you look at all the numbers, and it's like, they've been losing more money in like, what, a uh, a day or a week or whatever it was, that, than compared to how much they're asking for for like, just even a year. <laughs> And it's like, eventually they're going to cave. They got it at this point, because it's like, they, they've been losing so much fucking money, and, like, people still overwhelmingly support the strikers. Well, I mean, I guarantee you that within the next year, we're going to start seeing stuff written by AI, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, at least the NFT craze is dying, because, like, they basically said today, it's like, yeah, like, it's 95% of those things are fucking worthless. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they kind of always were, except the ones being bought by celebrities to actually put a spotlight on them, but still. <laughs> fun fun to get confirmation that those stupid fucking apes are as shitty and useless as and 
uh, priceless, or uh, I guess no price compared, like as everybody thought they were. I at mean, first. technically they are priceless. Just I get, yeah, true, <laughs> true. They are priceless. Literally worth pennies at this point. Uh, sorry, you didn't you didn't use enough slurp juice on those apes, guys. Maybe you should have used more, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it was. What's it? What's what's the thing to also slurp juice? Because that's a Fortnite thing. Is that what people were saying it was? Yep. I, I that's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Fucked. <laughs> Stupid. Don't buy <laughs> apes. Commission actual people to draw stuff. But yeah. Uh, there are case. very specific situations in which I see that buying crypto might be important, traditionally to do crimes on the internet. But yeah, <laughs> apes are not worth it. <laughs> I mean, that's basically all what crypto has been, right? It's just been a bunch of scams and crimes. <laughs> well, like... Not giving no details, but I personally have purchased 0.00017 Bitcoin, which I use to do a crime on the internet. Yay! they I only accepted I... payment in Bitcoin, so I didn't have another way to do it. Oh, uh, okay. I, I don't know if that's still, like, I don't think that technically qualifies you for uh, being the answer to the question we have later on. <laughs> Just for having bought fun. I don't think that's enough of a threshold, because at least, like, it was like, this is I'm only buying this thing because they won't accept any other fucking real money. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm very upset that I had to do it, but, you know. Yeah, like, if, if you were it. to say, if, if you were to tell me that it's like, oh, yeah, I spent an afternoon, like, mining crypto on my computer, then it's like, yeah, you win by default, I think, there. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, nah, uh, aside from all that, I, I've just been playing a bunch of Sea of Stars recently, because a friend gifted it to me. Uh, this made Pixel very happy, because Pixel's, uh, been saying that game is really good, and it turns out it is. Because, <laughs> like, I played the demo, uh, when it released a few months ago, and I think the demo itself is not good, because, like, they don't really explain any of, like, the game mechanics, because, like, a big thing with that is, like, whenever enemies are doing, like, a big attack, it'll show, like, here's what weaknesses you have to hit to, like, basically interrupt it, and here's how many turns you have for that. So, like, it shows you, like, oh, okay, you need to do, like, two slashes and, like, a, like a lunar damage or something to do that. <laughs> and I don't remember if they even explain it either, but the game has, like, timed hits, like Mario RPG games, or, like, I can tell, in terms of, like, doing more damage and reducing damage. That was definitely not explained in the demo, because I don't remember that being a thing. And then when huh. I was playing the main game, it's like, oh, huh. You, I don't remember this being explained in the demo. But, like, uh... Also, I don't remember if you recharge some MP by doing basic attacks in the demo. I think they might have added that since then. I don't recall that being a thing. But, like, uh, that's basically, like... Because, like, the whole thing is, like, in order to do, like, that kind of stuff, you really are mostly using, like, some of the skills. So, like, they have that MP recharge to make, like, the basic hits still be worthwhile. And also, like, every time you use a basic attack, it does, like, it leaves, like, little, like, orbs on the ground that you can basically absorb into a character to give them, like, an elemental damage boost if they have an element. Mm -hmm. Which is funny that the third character that joins the party does not have an element. And he's, like, the game itself keeps saying, like, yeah, girl kind of it's powerless he kind of sucks it's the thing that the game keeps saying and he's like i don't care i'm here to help anyway i'm here to have fun and cook <laughs> for you and it's kind of fun with that regard like he, he fights with a uh, a pot lid and like a frying pan if you do the time hit to get the second hit he, he just pulls out a little pan and just bonks people with it he, he's fun he's just a goofball and they're like good childhood friends who has no 
magic powers, but he's still gonna do his best. <laughs> uh, compared to the main characters being like, we're we're magical warriors empowered by the sun and the moon, and also here's Garl. <laughs> basically, this whole deal, <laughs> which is funny because like Garl's like uh, special attack that he has by default is try to throw an enemy if they're lightweight enough for him to actually do so, because he can't throw bosses because they're too big, and also uh, throw a snack at people. <laughs> <laughs> With compared to again, like shoot a, moom, a boomerang made of a curved moon, or shoot a fireball, and it's like meanwhile he's like, eh, I kind of try to pick people up and throw them if I can, and also here's an apple. <laughs> but yeah, uh, basically like those little ores you can use, like it basically like charges up a character to do that element besides having to use like a special skill. So if it's like, oh okay, this enemy has to has like again like uh takes like two swords and a moon to break you like you can have like uh the sword character zale attack twice like if you did time tip to get those two and that leaves the orbs that then uh the moon character valerie can charge up with to hit with the moon thing rather than have to use like any mp and like they really are just making this game basically be like yeah y'all know we're fans of chrono trigger and we want to make chrono trigger again in 2023 kind of deal because <laughs> like your characters have, like, team attacks, basically, but you don't use, like, you know, like, in Chrono Trigger, you're using, like, the TP to use, like, spells and also the dual text and stuff, or triple text. In this one, instead, like, as you attack, you build up, like, basically a combo meter that you basically spend charges of to do the, the like, the team attacks, basically. So it's, like, a little bit more of a fun thing of, like, okay, well, you can basically just throw those out whenever you have them charged, as opposed to being, like, well, this is using up resources, technically, because it doesn't carry over between fights. So I feel like that's just a nice addition compared to like just eh, it's a it's a resource you gotta charge up again somehow. And uh, <laughs> it's definitely also just fun because it it does like kind of the Eichenfeld thing of like here's like accessibility options, but I wouldn't say as well because you have to unlock them unfortunately because they're tied behind like a different set of like basically accessories that you don't actually equip to the characters but rather you just collect and then you can just toggle on and off. Compared to, like, how, if you remember, like, Eichenfell, it's just, like, you can just make it automatically complete the blocks and the, uh, the time hits and stuff, or just skip combat entirely if you just want to see the story kind of deal. <laughs> this is more like, oh, okay, this shop sells this one that gives you, like, plus 20% XP gain or something, which I heard that apparently you kind of have to grind a little bit near the end of the game, because for some reason the level cap's only 30, but, like, you mostly only end up around, like, 20 near the boss, and that's really tough if you don't grind a bit, but not terribly much. Yeah, but I mean, uh, some games do mm -hmm. be like that. Yeah, some games just have that as an as as a part of them. I think that's maybe also only in like the true ending route that you have to grind a little bit because it's harder to get the real story. But I don't know. I don't, I I forget what I heard with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just a fun little game. Like they they had a lot of fun making this thing of just basically like they even like specified that they actually like went into like the like workings of the super nintendo and like actually took real actual sounds that its sound chip could create to put in this rather than just making it be like oh it's like chip tuny kind of music that the snes could make in theory it's just like actually no this is what the snes could actually do in terms of the music which is pretty cool addition and uh <laughs> yeah it, it's just fun it, it's got a little bit of like a uh, charm to it in a sense of like yeah you know, like the dialogue's just kind of fun 
they they had a character who had to actually like call out the fact that like every blacksmith you meet in the game will get even better even if they're living in a shack and charging twenty five thousand money like gold for a knife or something, and like the characters <laughs> are just like doing like ellipses like what are you talking about? <laughs> like and, like even just straight up saying like any other tropes y'all want to hit? <laughs> and like it, it was a little bit funny just like a little look at the audience kind of winking nod bit without being a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm still only like five hours into it just because like I've been trying to play it off and on, but you know I can only play it a few hours of the day whenever I can just because of work and stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's it's probably not like you know I I still would probably say that when it comes to like games that release this year, I think Baldur's Gate is still at the top of the list for me personally. <laughs> but uh, this is pretty high up there just in terms of like yeah, this is just a fun ass game. <laughs> They 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 want they wanted to make Chrono Trigger in 2023 and they sure made Chrono Trigger in 2023 but also gave it more characterization and personality because as much as Chrono Trigger is fun and good and a great game that withstand the taste of time those characters are kind of nothing I'll be real <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't really learn anything about them besides their name and it's like you know it's like uh it's just like why why does why does Marl use a crossbow. Eh, she uses a crossbow, who cares? Compared to like the characters, like when they get their like first weapons, they actually like specify, I chose the cursed sword for this, or I chose the theft for this. And it's like hmm. Garl's like, I I'm a cook, so I use a pot. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you do you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> he's also yeah. he's also just uh fun as well, cause like uh not really a spoiler, cause like this was also in the demo itself that showed this character model, but like it's a thing that they get into more in like the first like 20 minutes or so but like he actually like is a disabled character because he's missing an eye and he doesn't really make much of it <laughs> like it happens and it's like kind of like surprising that it does but it's like he's just he's just here to have a good time he actually that happened because he jumped in the way of one of his friends and he's like yeah no i don't fault you for that <laughs> we're buds <laughs> he's just here to have fun and learn how to cook better <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard that like he apparently has like a really good arc in the in the whole story like it's actually one, like the best character in terms of the story. <laughs> this guy has no power, he just knows how to cook well. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, this was something I also didn't know. It's apparently a prequel to The Messenger. If you remember that game that released a few years ago, mm, can't say that I do. It it was like a I think it was like a like an NES Ninja Gaiden y kind of inspired game. It was like a side-scroller, like, ninja game. This is apparently, like, set in the same world as that, but, like, thousands of years prior, interestingly mm. enough. The only The Messenger I know is the third book in the Giver sequence. Hmm. Yeah, no, it, it released, uh... I definitely remember it was, like, back when, like, Giant Bomb was still kind of Giant Bomb, because, like, it was, like, still, like, the main staff were still working there before they all left to do their own things, basically, and became what it is now. <laughs> but, uh... Because I remember them talking about it in, like, some moments where it's, like, it apparently has, like, a big, like, oh, okay, that's a cool moment kind of deal. So they were talking about, it, like, best moment of treatments kind of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, I never played it myself, but it's it's kind of interesting to me to be, like, maybe I should try that at some point if I really do end up uh, liking Sea of Stars overall. Yeah, Cause sounds like... like. Yeah, because if I'm also remembering correctly, I think Sea of Stars was, like, a, like announced, like, three or four years ago or something. Like, I feel like they announced it, like, pretty shortly after the Messenger release, and it just kind of, like, stayed in development hell for a bit. Obviously, COVID would have had an impact on everything, but it's, like, it was it was around for a long time, and, like, it got, like, highlighted in, like, multiple Nintendo Directs just because they knew it was a big deal, because, like, 
I don't think it's on any of the other consoles besides Switch and Steam at this point. I think. I'm curious about that. Oh no, no, it is apparently on the other ones. But maybe it has like timed exclusivity with... No, no. It's apparently on everything at the moment because it released back in August of... To... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. It says it's on everything, but I feel like maybe Nintendo is just giving it a much larger... Uh like attention on it just because they're like, yeah, we know what this is. It's like that game that was on our other console. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, I think um, you said that was your last thing, so we should probably bop into the book, yeah? Yeah. Because it... we are at 30 minutes in. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, we I know we it. can sometimes do an hour of preamble, but... That's not why people pick up the show, I think, most of the time. <laughs> no, but at the same time, it, like, we took a week off just because, like, you know, we had a, like, well, in particular, yeah, I yeah, got yeah. stuff going on. So it's like, yeah, no, we we had a week off. And also at the time, my friend, I think, gives me the game. So, you know, at that point, it would have just been me being like, yeah, not really doing much of my work still because it's just training stuff still. So, <laughs> But yeah, honestly, like... What I did this week was I read eight books, and that's great. Oh there boy! Are probably a lot of them going to be on the on the recommendation yeah. list at some point, so I can't. That's just a that's a lot of books to read in the stretch of just like a week, though. I'll admit it's a lot for me, but thanks to the road trip, I kind of had a bunch of hours where I wasn't doing anything. So fair, yeah. Like a lot of that was travel. Yeah, but then, I mean, some of them also. I don't know how to. A standard-sized graphic novel, which, like a, a a trade paperback of Marvel or whatever, that'll usually take me like 20 minutes, so yeah, that's it's fair. not a huge deal for me to read a bunch of those, you know what I mean? Yeah, like if it's like something like a graphic novel, it's like, well, that's like an hour at most kind of deal, because a lot well, of it is just that's going to depend the... on the book itself, because so many yeah. graphic novels are in such different tones and places, and yeah complexity oh. all that yeah also hi ziggy i can hear you just barely <laughs> <laughs> she's doing her best <laughs> ziggy you gotta do better uh, break the door <laughs> demand to be on the podcast all righty um so the rise of kyoshi we are right back in it um last time we left off um there was a whole thing on an iceberg that went bad with pirates, and Kiyoshi revealed her terrible secret, which is that uh, she's terrible at bending insofar as she can only do apocalyptic things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> truly, she ripped some stone, like uh, an island's worth of stone, off of the seafloor and threw it into the air in the space of a few seconds. Yep. So, but, but she can't move a simple pebble. <laughs> but she cannot move a simple pebble. Um, which, which, again, like, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, for people who are familiar with Hero, it's like you bought telekinesis, but you didn't buy fine manipulation, so you can hurl mm -hmm. stuff, you just can't, like, t you can't pick up a pen and, like, write with telekinesis. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Well, yeah, uh, this incredible act of power has led people to suspect that Kyoshi may be the Avatar since Yun can't firebend. And this will take us into our chapter, or my chapter for today, which is called Desperate Measures. I didn't title it that, it was named before I got there. Yeah, um, I, I isn't there, like, also, like, a Leg uh, Last Airbender or Korra episode also called Desperate Measures? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't know the names of the episodes. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking this up real quick just to see if there's anything besides 
No, it, it might... No, it looks like it's just literally this. But it feels like that would be such an easy title for, like, a number of different Avatar or Korra episodes, really. <laughs> not surprisingly not. It's kind of a generic title. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Um, So, we don't know exactly how long has passed, but it's back at the manor where they all live, and Kyoshi is really really figured out that things are different now. As much as she was trying to hide her Avatar stuff, everyone is, like, very clearly treating her differently insofar as normally when she get, gets to eat breakfast, which is a privilege and not, like, a thing she does every day, she has leftovers from the previous night along with maybe a bowl of porridge or whatever. And uh, She's really the most millennial of us, huh? Like, just like, no, I'm no time for breakfast. I gotta get to fucking work. Or it's <laughs> like, well, what do I have on hand that I can throw in my mouth real quick? Uh, I guess here's a piece of pizza from, like, two days ago. This this will do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's only a little nasty. <laughs> yeah, except today, um, they put her in the formal dining room and gave her so much food that she does not believe it's for her because it's too much. Like... Even she, who notably eats a lot of food, cannot eat all of this, so... <laughs> um, yeah, the conclusion she comes to is that since Jeonju isn't certain who the Avatar is, he's just going to treat them both like they are until he figures it out, on account of, like, if it's her, then he doesn't want to offend her, which... I guess that makes sense, but also... Like, uh... She does note that uh, the kelp that Nancy brought in is on the table, so I guess she gets to eat that now. Um. <laughs> yep, beloved. Like as soon as I read that, I was like, "Ah, oh, beloved Nancy is back." <laughs> well, I guess I guess no. Technically, her contents are back, not Nancy herself. Unless yeah, unless no, the Nancy's jar is still not here. There. <laughs> I mean, uh, she she brought us the delicious kelp at least, so she's here in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something like that. But yes, uh, one of the 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 I'm, it says waiter here, but I'm gonna say house servants because they're certainly not just waiters. Checks in and she's bowing to Kyoshi, and Kyoshi talks about how like, hey, cut it out, don't bow to me. Like I was at your birthday party, seriously. <laughs> I. I paid for part of your present because none of us could afford the actual thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty funny how it's like I don't remember Kiyoshi mentioning at all in the book so far actually having pay. <laughs> like I, yeah, I thought exactly. her pay, I thought her pay was she gets to live. She, mm -hmm. Like I thought it was like basically room and board. That's what I thought service. also. <laughs> but apparently she gets at least some little stipend. <laughs> well, they'd have to give her something at least for uniforms, so. Yeah, but those, um, like, that's also, I mean, I also envisioned that just being, like, here's, like, the fucking greens that Yan, uh, Janju dictates people have to wear. <laughs> like, this is, this is your fucking green shirt, you gotta wear khakis with it, nothing else. <laughs> I don't know, I fully believe that Janju is the sort of boss who makes you pay for your own uniform. Uh, yeah, I guess, with all the other bad decisions he makes in this book and will make in these few chapters, yeah, I guess that also could be, like, <laughs> definitely is, like, being, like, well, you know, you, you can have, like, uh, casual Fridays, but you have to pay uh, a little bit towards the, the company if you want to do that, and also you have to pay that every month. <laughs> definitely not going out my own job if you want to wear hoodies every Friday. <laughs> just, Gross. Just do, just do what I did, just buy a jacket that doesn't have a hood, and just wear that all the time. <laughs> 
That's all I did. Uh, I, bought a, I bought a nice, like, $20 cardigan. Why would I pay them $10 a month to wear a hoodie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so basically Rin tells her, just don't even bother showing up for your shift. You don't work here anymore. And also, uh, Jonju wants you outside in the training grounds. You have an hour. And this just utterly staggers Kiyoshi. Like, she's physically having difficulty walking because she doesn't understand the concept of not having to go to work, so... Whew, rough environment, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, she has this, like, uh, almost a daydream of what she would do with an hour of free time, talking about, like, the hobbies she might pick up, and is just so utterly horrified at the idea that she might have a hobby that people would see her doing, that she runs and hides in the library. Um, <laughs> <sighs> this poor kid. <laughs> Hey, at least you get, like, an hour break, Kiyoshi. You don't get, like, a whole, like, just normal, like, 15-minute break, which is, like, barely enough time to actually, like, walk outside for a breath of fresh air and then go to the, use the bathroom before you gotta get back into it. Well, no, that's the problem, is that she has an hour break, and she has never had that before, and she does not want it. <laughs> right, but she should learn to appreciate that because breaks are good. <laughs> I mean, they are, yes, absolutely. Everyone should have an hour break, at least. But exactly. Kiyoshi is mm -hmm. so work-pilled that... <laughs> She caught that Sigma grind set. <laughs> um, yes, so an hour later, we cut outside to the training grounds where Jianju is, you know, waiting for them. And uh, Kyoshi has very specifically never been here before. Her, her job doesn't bring her out here, and there's no reason for her to come out without the job. And she sees him waiting for her and bows to him, and he just says, and I'm quoting here, don't bother with that anymore. So that's rad that's about the most casual he's ever been um <laughs> but he takes her into uh it's like a side room where they keep all the supplies for when the kids go out to play uh you know football at recess and um he uh he brings because hey ron is there so she's uh she's there with two of yun's teachers this will certainly not go bad in any way at all but, um, well, it's because she's there with like two of the asshole teachers, really. <laughs> or more, more the one asshole teacher and the one hard-ass teacher. Well, I, get, I... I mean, to a degree, but also like, it, she, I don't know. It's not she's not hard enough to stop him from doing the child abuse, you know? Yeah, true. <laughs> but but still, like, I mean, <laughs> he's the one who did the child abuse. And like she's yeah, like, but she I... was right there. Yeah, but also she's kind of on this guy's like payroll, I guess, in a sense. It's like, well, it's like he's kind of my boss. I really can't say much to this besides being like, really? Okay. I just don't feel like that's good enough. Um... No, it's not. <laughs> Which again, like, turns out uh, the people who've been training the Avatar for the last few uh, Avatar cycles have kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> um... Also, are we supposed to believe that, like, they haven't replaced a mock because it's only been a few days, really, at this point? I'm sorry? Because, like, like, a mock was uh, supposed to be the waterbending instructor, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess they haven't, like, tried to, like, look for another person yet just because, like, he only died, like, what, five days ago at most? <laughs> if they have, we haven't heard about it, which makes sense because we didn't hear about a mock until we showed up at the treaty place. <laughs> True, yeah, a mock was introduced in the same chapter he fucking died. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Immediately fridged him. <laughs> Literally, he got fucking skewered with an icicle. <laughs> which, I mean, to be fair, when your job is professional assassin, you have to expect that. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, assassin, um... you're probably gonna get assassinated by a, a better assassin. <laughs> Kyoshi's feeling pretty awkward about being in this small room, not because Jonshu is there, but because Heiran is. Like, she's into Rangi and they spend a lot of time together, but she's never really connected with her mom, so it's weird. But also, Heiran is just being weirdly friendly compared to how she normally is, and it's just alarming in a lot of ways is all. Um, the Kyoshi does offer to help them resolve this issue in whatever way she can, but, uh, as she does, she realizes that it's just, like, super dry in this room, and uh, Heron admits that uh, she dried out all the air in the room for the thing they're going to do today. I guess that is a thing firebenders can do, is just blast the air, the water out of the air, so... <sighs> they have her sit down, and basically what they're going to do is it's a... Uh, it's a test that they do in the Fire Nation to see if newborns are going to be firebenders, which... It does seem a little strange to me, but on the other hand, I absolutely get it. You need to know ASAP if your baby is going to be sneezing fire all over the place. Um, yeah, you kind of have to get that under control. <laughs> real quick, yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically, the, the, what Heron has is... It, it's, it's a fire starter for a campfire. It's like birch bark and cotton. And she says it's mixed with special oils, quote. But I don't know what that means. Um... Birch bark and cotton is great kindling, if you ever need to make a campfire, by the way. Um, and yeah, the idea is that they're just going to hold it in front of Kyoshi's mouth, and she just needs to, like, focus her inner fire and breathe out, and if the thing gets on fire, then she's a firebender, and that's that's all it is. I'm not super sure how they make the babies focus their inner fire, but whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> how do you basically get a, an infant to, like, do, like, Kind of meditation, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not very well, I don't think, but apparently enough that this is just what they do. <laughs> it is apparently a reliable enough test that it's been used like, for Look, a few when it years. when it comes to babies, it has like a five percent success rate, and that's impressive for babies. So uh, this, I guess, will be something we try with the avatar. <laughs> uh. But yes, so they just basically shove this thing in front of Kyoshi's face, and Kyoshi does her best. She's trying to, like, do the thing, and Heron says that she's gonna help her, even. And they're just sitting there with this thing shoved in Kyoshi's face for two full minutes, and just still nothing is happening, and Heron is just basically begging her, like, please, a, a little spark. I I've done so much. I have done everything I can short of actually setting it on fire. Please... <laughs> And, um, so then they like, Kyoshi, hmm? please give me a little treat. <laughs> <laughs> Kyoshi, please, I've tried so hard and Dion can't do it. Just give me someone who can firebend. I want to teach a firebender for once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really is like the opposite of like how people always like, you know, the refrain of like, oh, like America's tried nothing and has all have ideas when it came to COVID. These people are the exact opposite. Like they've tried literally fucking everything with the Avatar and they still have come up with nothing. Yep. Uh, but, um, yes, yeah, so Kyoshi sits there with this thing shoved in her face for ten more minutes. <laughs> uh, so again, that's like fifteen minutes total of just sitting there staring at this thing, and, um, then she just, uh, like, falls over coughing because she can't handle being in this super dry room anymore. Uh, <laughs> she 
says that uh, it it takes babies quote a few seconds at most under these conditions. So uh, that seems like pretty good shot that Kyoshi is not in fact the Avatar, but she is mostly confused by this because like Yun probably must have passed this already, right? He's the Avatar. He has been this whole time. But uh, Jonju just kind of slams the door as he leaves, and uh, also all the discs that they use to practice earthbending just explode because he's so angry. <laughs> you know, I also have to appreciate that, like, they actually take the time to explain how these discs are, like, made, because they really don't ever do that, because, like, they, they're used a lot. I remember mm -hmm. in Korra, uh, in because they're using, like, the pro bending, they never explain that they're, like, hollowed out to, like, not hurt a person when they explode on them, despite the fact that they <laughs> cause, like, knockback and stuff. But I do appreciate that the book actually takes the time to explain those, because I'd always found it a little bit interesting that it's like, oh yeah, you can just be throwing these, like, fucking frisbees made of dirt at people, and they just fucking explode <laughs> and knock people off <laughs> into the water. Also, yeah, uh, maybe these people should have been a little bit more up, uh, up front at, like, being like, eh, maybe it's not this kid. Because if it's like, if, if, like, apparently everybody's been led to believe that it was Yun who could mm -hmm. do this and was the Avatar. And apparently the, uh, the Masters were just like, well, it wasn't technically a lie if we just didn't say anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it's technically uh. a lie, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, it's, um, it's 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 a little it's a little bit cathartic that it's like this whole situation they're in is kind of entirely uh, Jean Zhu's fault because he could not just admit that he might have the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so we cut to Kyoshi. She's hiding in that little secret library again, but someone must have seen her because uh, Yun finds her there, and I'm not super sure what the deal is because it keeps calling this place a library. But it mentions that Kyoshi is curled up next to a medicine chest that's full of over a hundred different kinds of herbs and tinctures, which that doesn't seem like a thing that would be in a library as much as a herbalist's room. But, it might uh, just be like a library devoted to like uh like various like like medicines and stuff and like remedies and whatnot. Especially because like I mean Yoon mentions that there's like a lot of cures here for baldness in this room, so it might just be like here's where we keep the supplies for the stuff in these books or whatever. Well. I don't know, because, like, that's certainly a valid thing for some libraries to have. I'm not going to pretend libraries don't have stuff like that. I'm aware of libraries in real life that have, like, seed collections that you can take out of and plant your garden, and you don't ever bring them back. But the, the way this has just been treated, I don't know. I feel like this is less a library and more Kelsong's room, because I, he is the one who put this place together, sorry, according to I, the earlier when, chapters. When you... When you mentioned that, I just had the vision of a librarian popping up at your door like six months later holding a fucking baseball bat being like, so where's your crops? You, you fucking owe us. You owe us 20% of those seeds you borrowed, buddy. And it's like, well, it, it, you know, I didn't ever leave the art garden before, so it didn't really produce anything. Not a good enough answer. Gonna stick it on your shins. <laughs> Maybe libraries would be fucking respected in this country if we were allowed to give y'all baseball bats to go and collect on shit. <laughs> Fun fact, many libraries in the United States have begun eliminating fines entirely. Uh, don't worry about uh, checking out a book too long, because you're good. Um, regardless, yeah, they're they're just kind of sitting there in this library, and Yun makes a joke about all these baldness cures, which, 
again, if this is Kelsong's room, like I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, he, he just he has to just find the right mixture, and then it will grow back. He just gotta believe. <laughs> He definitely, he definitely has time to do that. I say as I look at the non-existent camera of this podcast. <laughs> it's weird, right? Because it's like air nomads shave their heads anyway. So why would he bother trying to grow it back? It must be so convenient well, not, not to well, have not, to. Not all of them. Like some of them at least keep like like the bit of like side hair, like the men and stuff. And like not every like airbender has to be fully bald. Like I guess you haven't seen that part, but like uh. Uh, I'm trying to think of how much I want to get into like season end of season two, uh, end of season three, early season four. Korra. Uh, probably not too much since it's still the stuff we're not supposed to talk about. True. There's a <laughs> character who, like in the time skip, uh, was shaved bald and then has hair again. I'll say that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Aang has hair yeah. again by the. <laughs> well, Aang is also like you know he spends like 50 years actually physically aging for once as opposed to the last hundred. <laughs> But yeah, like it's and also like Ten. Well, no, Tenzin only has a little goatee. But it's like, yeah, no, there is a character who had who was bald for a bit and has hair at the start of season four again. So it's not like it's like mandated. It seems it's more just like yeah, it's like it's encouraged but not frowned upon. I guess if you grow your hair back, kind of deal. Well, to be fair though, we don't really know anything about that. Like. From what we see of the Air Nomads as they exist in the past, they pretty much are all shaved bald. At like in Korra's future, I fully believe that since Ong tried to rebuild it from the ground up and he was the only guy, and then it was just like his kids, there's not as much, you know, stringent rules, yeah. right? Okay. I, I Googled it real quick. Uh it is not a requirement for airbenders to be bald. Many airbenders have various uh styles of hair with different lengths. The tradition of shaving the head is a cultural practice among some airbenders, but it's not a requirement for all members of the Air Nomad Society. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Also, well, apparently, there is an Avatar wiki entry for Air Nomad Shaving Tool. <laughs> well, that makes sense, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Oh, right. Yeah, we saw. Right. We see this actually in uh, Korra itself. Like, I think in. Wait, and, oh wait, no, it's, I think it's like a goof or something like that, that like some people gift to Tenzin in season one. I was like thinking it showed up in like season three or four based on that same character, but like, no, I think it's actually like them being like, oh, we think this is an authentic one, and he's like, mm, no. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, Yun is kind of like lost in thought as he's pulling on his hair, and it, it mentions here that they, the monks wouldn't make the Avatar shave his hair off, but he probably would anyway, because Yun just likes to honor people's traditions, so. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, is that actually he might not ever even get the chance, because maybe someone yeah, stole that chance from him. I, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to read this verbatim, because it really gives you an insight into Kiyoshi's state of mind right now. Maybe it would be stolen from him by a petty thief who had burrowed into his house under the guise of being his friends. <sighs> This poor kid. I, I'm really curious how we get from, like, this Kiyoshi, like, having, like, being, like, 
really nervous and like uh, anxious around everybody to being the the fucking like stone cold motherfucker who will murder people <laughs> if it benefits the world that we see in the sh briefly in the show. <laughs> this poor kid, she's got so much like anxiety and self deprecation mm -hmm. and depression, and it, she doesn't it, know how to have free time because she's so dedicated yep. to like being a servant this, and this, this teenager pats kiyoshi on the head can fit so much trauma <laughs> you don't want to slap her she, yeah she i tackle trauma don't slap her <laughs> on some level i don't know if it's even trauma it's just so much inbuilt she's, she's, like she's got a lot of defense mechanisms built up because of whatever happened with her parents it seems well i guess there's that but yeah i, I mean a lot of this is just her not having people around who can teach her how to be a person. I, I don't mm. think it's trauma so much as it is her jumping to wild conclusions because no one has ever been there to tell her otherwise. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, yes. Um, so... But it's like, she really has to understand that it's not her fucking fault if the people who should know who is the Avatar got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Like, like, listen, just kid, just it's not your fault that your parents thought you were a boy this whole time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, true. Also that. It, but it's like, it's one of those things of like, like, again, we estimate that they like, that they found you in like a year or two ago at minimum. And it's like, if he hasn't like figured out any other bending in that amount of time, you might want to start considering that maybe you just have the wrong guy as opposed to literally torturing the poor kid to try to get a result. <laughs> I mean, that would be ridiculous. Why would do you ever suspect that there would be someone else? Like, how many people could there possibly be? <laughs> Again, just because there was a coincidence that made you think it's the right person, if you try for years and there's no results after that, you might want to start considering that maybe you gotta cast that net again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Janju is too fucking proud and won't. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Until it's literally staring him in the fucking face, just being like, "Hey, guess what? You were wrong, idiot." <laughs> well, to a degree, like she did fail the firebending test. Yeah, but that's also because she's Kyoshi and she can't even get the basics of earthbending down. Maybe she should try <laughs> to get that down before that's she tries true, yeah. entirely other ones. She knows how to throw big rocks. She doesn't know how to move little rock or even dust. <laughs> okay, actually, you know what? What she needs to do is she needs to try and set the entire town on fire, not just a little. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, just try to... I mean, you're in a port town, Kyoshi. Just try to summon a fucking tsunami and crush all these people who have been shitty to you. And then we'll know for sure. Yeah. And also, you'll have a lot of revenge on these people for being assholes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So he, at the very least, seems empathetic enough to figure out that she's just down there hating herself for what she's doing to him. And he says that it's okay because he knows that it's not her fault. And she, her immediate response to this is that Rangi doesn't know that it's not her fault, which, uh, trouble in Polycule land. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very, like, she's grateful that Yoon is there, and that he's not mad, and that he doesn't hold a grudge, but also, like, if Rangi really thinks that Kiyoshi did them wrong, then, uh, I mean, they're definitely gonna break up, because Rangi doesn't ever forgive a grudge. Uh, oh no, the, the breaking of the polycule. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like when Sam and Frodo went across the river and went off on their own. <laughs> <laughs> Except, 
I guess it, I was about to say, except on like a like uh, less grand scale, and I'm like, actually, no, this is literally about the person who reincarnates over and over again and is supposed to bring balance to the world. So actually, probably on a similar scale as Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Kiyoshi gets very poetic here in this moment. She's talking about how she wants her paired set of friends to put be put back into the place on the shelf before the earthquake knocked everything off. And the fact that she doesn't know is a spiritual punishment separating them, like a sheet of ice over a lake, and it, she's got a real poetic streak that has not really been acknowledged in the way she acts. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of amusing that it's like, you know, she's able to think about it in these kind of terms and put it so succinctly, but then when it comes to actually talking, she's like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Can't not just me. succinctly, nope. but like metaphorically and with real poetic intent but yeah but the words are not that um yeah. she, she's way better at writing than reading uh, I, I i mean uh, writing than speaking i guess when it comes to it to try yeah, to convey yeah. things i mean i get it i'm the same way um, also the same <laughs> but yeah um yun reassures her that rangi will come around because you know she she's uh, she's a real believer she has a lot of faith and so all you have to do is like prove that you're chill it it doesn't matter if you made her mad she'll be on your side but uh ultimately he's realizes that he's kind of worried about jianju which proves that this child is a better person than i am because i sure wouldn't be um <laughs> he, again all the evidence pointing to you should probably not be concerned about what this asshole feels like you and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he just tortured you, like, last week. Yeah, like, I, I get that, like, Yun feels like he owes a lot to Zhu for, you know, taking him in, and also saying he was uh, the fucking person who uh, reincarnates, like, mm -hmm. you know, over the course of thousands of years and stuff. But, like, he still has tortured you, my bud. <laughs> you ga you mm -hmm. gotta, you gotta, cop you, you gotta put like, okay, well, he's done like this decent thing for me, but also since then he's done a lot of really bad shit. <laughs> you kind of have to process that. It's like, just like, you know, taking you in off the street does not make up for, does not give him excuses for everything else. <laughs> yeah. But no, he, Hyun does have a little insight here about how, like, you would think that the people who are supposed to take care of the Avatar would be the best people, but actually, no, they're just <laughs> terrible. They they want to use the Avatar's power for themselves. Yun does not seem to realize that this is what John Zhu wants. He just sees it in everyone else around them, which is fascinating and also wild simultaneously. But uh, yeah, like it's something that I always thought of, and especially in like as we get into more like more of this chapter and the next one, where it's like even though like. You know, I think back to, like, uh, Zhanju having his whole conversation with Kiyoshi where it, like, tried to portray him as, like, trying to do the right thing for the world, but it's like, no, that guy really just keeps kind of gloating that everything he does benefits him in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's especially all, uh, we'll get there in my chapter, there's a lot to discuss in this regard, but it's like, it's just a lot of, like, yeah, they recognize that the people who have been training uh, Yoon and also Kuruk, because it was the same people, really suck at the job of training the Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> they really should get different people doing this. It's honestly, like... I, I, I kind of... I feel bad for blaming Kuruk entirely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I remember <laughs> back in the first episode, of me being like, "Yeah, Kuro fucking sucked." That's what the that's what even <laughs> like he said of himself back in uh, last Airbender. But it's like actually no, it's the people around you that made you suck. <laughs> it wasn't just you. We're gonna change our outro to Kuro did nothing wrong. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. No, if we do that, I'm gonna definitely say Zero did nothing wrong on this, or Kuro did nothing <laughs> wrong on the X Files. You know, it's you're just setting me up to fail if we do that. <laughs> it's no, no. It's... I'm never. I would never keep track of them. I get them mixed up sometimes too enough as is. <laughs> Even when they're totally different, if they're the same, I'm gonna mess it up all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not gonna do that. Uh. I am definitely very much a Kuruk defender. He's not nearly as bad as anyone, including he says he is. But also, he definitely did some things wrong. So yeah, yeah, he definitely did. But also, he was he was trained wrong. He was taught wrong. <laughs> like the people who like decided to be his teachers are not good people. <laughs> and therefore, it's like, well, is it any surprise that the previous uh, Waterbender and uh, not uh, yeah Waterbending Avatar? was misled in a lot of ways because the people t training him to be the Avatar were also misled themselves. <laughs> well, to be clear, Jean Xu and Heron and Kelsong were not his teachers, they were his companions on the okay, Avatar but quest. Still, but... Yeah, they they were his companions who, like, at some level had to be like, yo, hey, this is not going that great. But they didn't do that. And then yeah. they became the people who decided, okay, I guess we're now the teachers of the Avatar, because our bud's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that doesn't that doesn't mean you get promoted. <laughs> like usually if the person under your watch dies on your watch, that doesn't mean you get promoted. <laughs> that usually means you lose your job in a sense. Yeah. It's really weird for me to talk about this because it's like I know things about Kelsong that or not Kelsong, about Kurok the character that mm -hmm. make me think very specifically about him as a person, but I can't really talk about it because the things I know about him come from the end of this book. So. Right, yeah, makes sense. Because again, like, Kurok was in, like, one scene in all of the TV shows. <laughs> well, like, actually, he... I don't remember if it's the end of this book or if it's the start of the next one, but regardless... True, yeah, yeah, it's still, like, a case of, like, it's in these books, obviously, because, like, again, just even, like, in, like, the first chapter we got way more about Kurok than we ever did in, from the tv shows because <laughs> he showed up once to be like yeah i kind of fucked up <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm out next one uh talk talk to yang chen <laughs> dude he had so much more insight than that Kurok is i'm not gonna uh, true, lie true. Kurok is yeah, probably true. the most valuable person on could have talked to and all he said was nah i messed up big later <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, he was, like, the only one who was, like, just being, like, yeah, if I was a little bit more proactive, maybe it wouldn't have gone as bad as it did, compared to, like, Kiyoshi being, like, yeah, you should kill that guy, or Roku being, like, yeah, you should kill that guy, or Yang Chen being, like, yeah, you should kill that guy. <laughs> you should definitely do a murder. Well, it's not really a murder if it's to stop a tyrant trying to destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, killing someone during a war isn't a war crime, obviously. Hmm. Unless you do it wrong. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, regardless, Yun is kind of waxing poetic about how bad and corrupt Earth Kingdom politics are, because it's like, even though they call the leaders sages, they're not really, they're more like 
United States senators. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's something that, like, even, like, uh, it'll come up next chapter, but, like, Zhang Zhu even saying, like, a person can just ba- basically pay for that title and call themselves a sage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, again, like, mm, yeah, U.S. senators, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, their political system's so fucked. <laughs> yeah, Yun talks a little bit about... That's why they've been working so hard with all these treaties and stuff, because, like, the better they do, the more good they do, the less likely it is that one of the other senators will swoop in and try to take over the the Avatar project. So, yeah. This gets really Kiyoshi thinking. Uh, she's worried about, you know, if she is the Avatar, what happens to all those treaties that he uh-huh. just brought up? Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out that uh, it would be really bad because every single one of them would be voided. Yeah, yeah. It turns out uh, that you know, I, I guess it probably transfers if, like, you know, if, like, oh, say, like, the Fire Avatar signed treaties and then died, and then like the next like air uh, Avatar is found. I think those treaties still stand because again, it was signed by the actual yeah. Avatar, even if they died. And here's the new one, compared to yeah, this this guy who wrote. Then sign that says the Avatar ain't the Avatar. <laughs> yep. Mm, problem. <laughs> yeah. Kyoshi takes this real bad, because as if she didn't hate herself enough, now all of a sudden, if she, if the reason she hates herself is true, then she's also responsible for the singular breakdown of all the world's treaties. So <laughs> Again, she, She's not. She's really not, though. <laughs> she's not, and she's also taking way more onto herself, like... She refers to it as the complete breakdown of law and order around the world, which is not true. Like, yes, yeah. Yun brokered a bunch of treaties. He didn't set up all the laws on the planet. No. <laughs> no, it's like some of those laws, like, uh, hey, don't kill a person, uh, you know, just to, for your own profit or whatever. That kind of existed before Yun Kiyoshi. Yeah. At least I would, I would think so. I would have to assume so. <laughs> Ultimately, the thing she feels worst about is that if she is the Avatar, then that means pushing Yun away from Zhu, and that would be horrible to her, because she can tell, like, he doesn't have anyone else. It's just Zhu, and so if she pushes him away, she's basically kicking him out of his father's house, and that's, like, she doesn't know about the abuse, obviously, so it's way worse to her, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. Because, like, uh, I mean, they they say that uh, Yun is a street urchin by his own description. Are we supposed to interpret that as like he's an orphan? And doesn't that know? is what I understand he... to be true? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because it's like yeah, like literally he would have nothing else basically. Yeah, pretty much. He would just be back out on the street unless they let him stay on as a servant, which I don't know if he would do given how he's been living. Um. Yeah, I kind of feel like in that scenario, like, Zhangju might just be pissed enough about him being like, oh, you swindled me, you're not the Avatar, get out of here, and not even, like, entertain doing that, just because, like, oh, I wasted so much time on this fucking kid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but, of course, this is terrible to Kiyoshi, because she knows exactly what it's like to not have a family or a place or anything to trade, and, you know, that's where she came from because she, before she got this servant gig. But uh, while she's thinking about all this, Yun starts making fun of her potpourri because um, <laughs> I guess these were flowers that got brought in a couple of weeks ago. And when they started to wilt, she brought them in here and shredded them to make potpourri and dried them. And uh, he's kind of making fun of her for recycling, which is interesting. But either way, um, 
It's also kind of a reference to a thing that happened a few months ago, uh, eight months ago, when uh, they were sent all these flowers and Kyoshi had to basically clean them up because they were just sent flowers with no, like, preparation or care. <laughs> yeah, you might want to, like, make sure they actually have vases on hand or, like, send vases with them if you're going to send them all these flowers. Well, it's it's not that they don't have vases, it's that the plants themselves, they were just kind of cut, and so, like, when you have a plant in a vase, you have to take care of it in very specific ways. You have to, like, prune leaves that are withered, you have to cut the stem in just such a way so it can absorb water, that sort of thing. And they didn't do any of that, so Kiyoshi's doing it. But while she did it, uh, Yun had managed to convince her to uh, lay his head in her lap while she did this, which... Okay, sure. Doesn't seem super comfy, but if that's what you're into. Uh, the thing is, though, is that that's super not allowed, and if they had been caught, uh, it would have destroyed both of their reputations. So that's, like, what this scent represents to them, is the day that they very, very, very almost kissed. And um, they never talked about it again, but yeah... <laughs> I guess, like, the only reason there would be a scandal is just because Kiyoshi is, like, a servant of his, right? Pretty much. Because it's, like, it's not like like there's, like, a history of, like, the Avatar has to be celibate or whatever the hell, because it's, like, pretty much no. <laughs> most, yeah. most Avatars that we've seen have indeed had partners. <laughs> More than one, even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this would be purely a reputational thing, because the Earth Kingdom is so obsessed with hierarchy and value that him uh, also, being with a servant yeah, would also, be. Also, also that, yeah, that's probably more of the main reason why, yeah, because the Earth Kingdom had to stick up at that. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so th th they've never talked about it again, but, like, every time that these flowers are around, Yoon, like, keeps pointing them out, which is very... <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I would be thrilled about a partner who did that. I'm just imagining, like, Yoshi over there by, like, the flowers, and you're just, like, kind of, like, sliding into frame, like, looking at her and just, like, kind of, like, indicating his eyes at the flowers nearby or something, being like, eh? <laughs> like, <laughs> doing, like, are we gonna, are we gonna do it this time? <laughs> being, or just being like, get the fuck out of here, please. <laughs> uh, just imagine a partner who, like, every time they smelled vanilla would just, like, give you the eyes to remind you that they boned. <laughs> uh, sounds like a nightmare if you like to cook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... For whatever reason, she finds this endearing, and she always laughs when he does it, or has to keep herself from laughing. And today she laughs because he's, again, making fun of her potpourri, and he's, like, happy that he's finally managed to cheer her up a little bit. He's glad she's smiling, and he promises her that, you know, even if it's not him, he's super glad that it's her. So, there's that. He was... Kyoshi thinks he's probably the only person in the world who feels like that. The only person who could look at her and not feel like she is just stealing everything from him. So, that's nice. I hope Yoon sticks by what he's saying here. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. uh, he has am to I giving it away early? They... Sorry, am I giving it away too early for those who might not have read the book and are listening to us talk to it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
At any rate, he has to um, kill the mood, basically, because he's supposed to bring her to Jeonju because he's got something fun planned for us this afternoon. Sure. But uh, she says that she can't go on account of she has to go to work, and he reminds her that she's been fired, so get up, we're leaving. And that's the end of my chapter. <laughs> uh, has had one job in her entire life, and she already has lost it. <laughs> to be okay. fair, she had that job for like six years-ish? Yeah, okay. I mean, maybe. Well, I mean, six years would have been... I mean, it was like nine years ago with the prologue, right? So it's like, I mean, yeah, if she had that job like for six years, she would have gotten that job when she was 10. I feel like, I guess the Earth Kingdom maybe doesn't have child labor laws, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> no, it especially, definitely doesn't. Especially with the state it's in currently. <laughs> Ugh, boy. <laughs> Let's uh... see, she would have been seven in chapter one, and she's round about 18-ish now, so... But I thought I thought she's, like, close to, like, like 16, maybe close to 17 at this point. Is she? Cause it, cause oh, yep, sure nine, enough, nine years later, a, okay. Yeah, there's a nine-year skip, yeah. I distinctly remembered that because that was also a very generic title <laughs> for <Yep>. a chapter. <laughs> Let's remind... Kels, uh, not Kelsey, uh... Not, fuck, what was the jar? <laughs> uh, lovely Nancy? Nancy, right. That was the thing in Kelsey. <laughs> right. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, before we move on uh, to the next chapter, I think we have some other business to attend, right? We absolutely do. We should talk about our Patreon. Yeah, uh, you can always find us at patreon.com slash usweirdos, where we have a bunch of stuff for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Most notably, that is a 13-week advance on our other show, The Axe Files. We do a lot of reading for this show these days, and uh, it's a blast. In some cases, it's a lot of reading. Most of those books are like 60-something pages, though. <laughs> well, sure, but between that and Kiyoshi. Um, uh, true, yeah. Yeah, but we also have other goodies available for you. And speaking of reading, the thing I do every week is I do a full review recommendation of a queer book. I read at least one queer book every week to make sure that I give you the best of the best. <laughs> and I don't do reading. I instead look at my uh, Steam profile and also now my PS5 and be like, what do I want to play here to talk over? <laughs> it is still pretty neat that the PS5 just lets you like fully just export that stuff to YouTube or Twitch. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, the other thing, of course, that we do on this show is to give a huge shout-out to our patrons. So we need to say thank you very, very much to Bookcase Queen and Aurora Borealis. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah, we continue to appreciate your support and hope you stick around. Absolutely. But uh, for now, take care and enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Well then, that's going to take us into chapter 10, The Spirit, which is, uh, man, you had like the really big chapter last time, and now I got the really big chapter this time, so I guess it evened out. It's only fair. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Although I feel like, like way more happens in this compared to the iceberg of like, Tagaka is an asshole and betrays them and they fight. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. There was a yeah. lot of setup in the iceberg. There's, yeah, there's there's a lot of setup, and then it's like it's just because it's like, oh, she's a dick, and she's gonna try to <laughs> take the Avatar hostage, and then Kiyoshi fights them compared to this. All right. The one well, thing that I will give the iceberg is that they did a really good job of her talking about the uh, the teacher's pasts. True. Yeah, that was that was actually like a pretty good depiction of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Alrighty. 
Well, this cuts to uh, presumably the same day, with uh, Zhangju taking Yun and Kiyoshi off to a spiritual exercise, while they basically just wait for Kelsang to take the time needed to heal properly, so he's not coming along with them. Because, again, it's only been like five days since the iceberg stuff. M maybe a week at this point, <laughs> at <laughs> most. So it's like, yeah, he's, he's still really fucked up and hurt. Zhangju <laughs> uh, thinks that they're, uh, in his quote, little earthbenders only outing, as he calls it. We'll help figure out which of them is the real avatar, which I don't get how that will actually affect anything, but I guess he doesn't want the distractions of other people with different kinds of bending around or something. Zhangju uh, is really weird in these chapters in that yeah, he's been so formal and all of a sudden he's just casual now. And yeah, I don't know he, he's like weirdly kind of jokey at times when he's not being a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's strange. <laughs> Yeah, I guess even he can at least have some moments of uh, chilling the fuck out for a bit. I think the way I would describe him is if Elon Musk was competent. <laughs> uh, yeah, and could actually make <laughs> fucking jokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he still doesn't tell good jokes. Don't get me. <laughs> at, at least like there's like a little bit more like there's some bemusement, and whenever Zhangju uh, tries to be less serious compared to when okay, that's Elon fair. Musk tries to be f air quotes funny. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, continuing on, uh, also, hey, they uh, borrowed Peng Peng for this. Uh, I don't think they actually got permission for this because I feel like you usually probably don't take an airbender's uh, sky bison <laughs> on your own unless like it's like a very specific reasoning here. I mean, we've seen it happen a couple times in the show, not giving True. any specifics, but also, you know... In, in the context of this chapter, I feel like it was not ask for permission to do this oh absolutely in the context <laughs> of this chapter once we get to the rest of it yeah. he absolutely stole this place yeah he absolutely stole peng peng and peng peng just went along with this <laughs> uh which is interesting because like i feel like appa had like way more kickback if like people were trying to borrow appa <laughs> mm -hmm. compared to peng peng just being like yeah i guess it's my i guess this is my uh my partner's bud i guess this is fine sure <laughs> Listen, this dude has been riding around on my back on and off for the past 40-some-odd years. He's probably okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's probably not up to some shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was up to some shit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they go to their destination, but also left Rangi and Heiron at the manor. Uh, not really any explanation for that besides, again, little Earthbenders only thing. Uh, Kiyoshi's nervous about this because, uh, without having, uh, Rangi or Heiron around to basically breathe down everybody's necks, uh, she feels like they're basically doing something a bit illegal, like they're skipping class or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. I kind of figure it's, like, Rangi and Heiron are, like, the people who are keeping them to a strict schedule kind of vibe. To be fair, like, we haven't really gotten a whole lot from Heiron yet in this book, but I kind of get that sense just with, like, Rangi's just kind of always being, like, strict soldier all the time. Yeah, I mean, Rangi's supposed to be the Avatar's bodyguard, so it's yeah. weird that they would be the ones who are all schedule-y. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it's more just trying to, like, counteract the fact that sometimes Yun is just hanging on the roof. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> now we gotta make up for lost time, so you don't you don't get your two-hour break here, buddy. We gotta go. You're only gonna get an hour <laughs> 50 this time, because you wasted ten minutes. Come on. <laughs> all right uh yeah uh they basically like kiyoshi figures out that they're somewhere around the at this point i realized i did not actually remember what the other book said for the pronunciation uh shishan mountains i think that's how you pronounce that x-i-s-h-a-a-n i believe you 
Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> go with that. I listened to the audiobook first, and then I forgot. <laughs> Apologies if I'm mispronouncing this mountain range. But yeah, they were somewhere around there along the southern edge of the continent. Uh, basically, uh, she muses about how, like, the Earth King basically thought that these mountains would actually stop the pirates of the Fifth Nation in the past, and they sure as shit have not. <laughs> <laughs> so, good job there, past Earth Kings. Uh, and at this point, Yoon asks if there is a reason they're this far remote. Uh, or rather, he thinks the reason that they're this far remote is that they're going to try to induce the Avatar state in them. Uh, apparently, Kyoshi has never heard of this before, even though, again, this is a thing that all Avatars can do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, I guess to be fair, she wasn't around obviously when uh, uh, Kurik was still alive, so maybe it's just based on that. And also, like to be fair, she's not really had like a formal education, so could also contribute to that. <laughs> yeah, she she basically makes it pretty much apparent to everybody here. She's not trying to whisper this to ask what that is. She's just asking. And so Yanju, uh, after saying that no, that's absolutely not why we're here, basically just explains it to Kyoshi. Uh, for the sake of the listeners who have not somehow actually seen any of the shows and somehow live on the rock, I will briefly explain. Uh, the Avatar State it basically draws upon the powers of the Avatar's past lives in order to basically use them in a moment of need. But he skips over a pretty crucial part here, which is that the Avatar cycle gets broken if the Avatar is killed while in the Avatar State, and I don't know why he d doesn't bother well, to mention that. <laughs> I feel like uh, that's not something you want to be common knowledge, so... I guess. I mean, it's something that I remember, like, Roku had to, like, tell Aang, I think, too. Yeah, I don't know if Yoon even knows this. And yeah. so it's very possible that Jonju is just keeping it from him as well. But moreover, like, if one of them is not the Avatar, and one of them has to not be the Avatar, you don't want the other one to know that and just, like, try and provoke this yeah, and do that I out guess. of revenge. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it's it's just interesting to note that it's like even if it's not just for that reason, he does not bother to mention that like yeah, the Avatar cycle is a power up, but also it kind of leaves you at your most vulnerable because if you die during it, guess what? You fucked up for the entire world forever. <laughs> I don't uh, yeah. even know how. Like they might not know that. I don't know how anyone True. knows that outside of Roku telling yeah. you. Yeah, it's not like I, it's I, happened. Trying, like, I'm trying to, yeah, like, I'm trying to specifically th remember if it was Roku. I'm pretty sure it was him who said that, right? Because, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the Avatar State wasn't even named till season two of Last Airbender. Hmm. I think because, like, you know, like, the first episode of that is, like, that Earth Kingdom general guy trying to basically, like, force hang into it. So this way he can, like, get better control over it. And he does it in the worst possible way. <laughs> but, like, I, I know that, that, like, Aang does it a few times in season one, but they never, like, really, like, bring up, like, hey, what the fuck is that? Or when he doesn't, like, name it. Because, again, I think it's, like, in season two that uh, Roku says, like, that's what that is. But also, don't fuck it up and lose it, because then we're all fucked. <laughs> it definitely is a, like, pretty big plot point in uh, a season of Korra, but I won't say which one. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, they're not here for that, though, because an avatar who cannot control the avatar state can go berserk and basically destroy everything slash everyone around them, as Kuruk did by destroying an entire small island when he first tried it, and he almost killed all of his friends <laughs> in the process. Which, uh, again, Kuruk, maybe if you actually had succeeded on killing your friends, maybe things wouldn't have actually gone as bad as they are now. <laughs> honestly, probably. But for what it's worth, we were correct. It was Roku who said that while Aang was in a vision, so... Okay, yeah, that's how I was pretty sure, because, like... That wasn't a 
Oh, was that? No, that wasn't during the the what's it called the Solstice stuff when they went to the Fire Temple. No, no, no. no, I'm, pre- no. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that had to be season two. Because again, I was like pretty sure they didn't explain the Avatar State till season two. To be fair, they have a lot of like world building and characters introduced in season one that they didn't really have the time. I guess it is quite literally the first episode of season two. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess it is like when Aang like pops into the Avatar State when that general's being a dick and like he probably like is like, hey Aang, you gotta chill out of that here because uh, it's bad if you die in this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. There we go. Figured out. All right. Uh, they go ahead and land. Uh, as Chanju continues to, uh, yeah, he continues to explain that like the small like town that they've arrived at that looks like it was basically just run from the ground up with her bending is a place where a spirit recently awoke due to the town's Apparently subsequent destruction. I guess this town was made ages ago and they got destroyed at some point recently, which is why the spirit's <laughs> now woken. Uh, they never named the town, so I don't know where we are. Necessarily. Yeah, it yeah, might there's... be in like, the Avatar Wiki. <laughs> yeah, there's no... It's just... junk. It's just a place. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. His hope is basically that one of them can ease the spirit's suffering, which is way is way of coding it being like, oh, well, obviously the Avatar is the only one who could do that. Uh, at this point, of course, my uh, sus detectors go off because, uh, again, Zhu never does anything that he can't profit off of, even though he ah. claims otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, again, like, don't trust this guy. As soon as he's like, he was using this excuse of like, oh, well, we're going to help the spirit. It's like, are you really, though, my guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, okay. I guess to be fair, if there is a rampaging spirit that was woken up by a town being destroyed, it would technically profit him to stop that from happening. True. But, but also... as remote as they are, maybe it wouldn't because it's yeah. not like it's going to get to the city. Yeah, and also for the most part, spirits live in the spirit world. There's just a few crossovers, and it's like it's not like they just keep pouring out into the real world. <laughs> Eh, they might. It's happened before. I guess, yeah. It has happened before, but like mostly just around like the poles and also during like uh Is it also solstices or eclipses? Uh heck if I know. I forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I think I have it in my notes somewhere in here. We'll get to it there. But yeah. Uh, Yoon's a bit skeptical about this because past avatars have had issues with communing with the spirits, while uh regular people like Kelsan can do it with ease. Which Again, fair point. That is something we see a lot in the show and stuff. <laughs> uh, but basically, Zhangju says, well, if this plan was flawless, I would have tried it on you ages ago, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he is just such a hard ass, except for like the few times that he acts like a little bit of a jokester in a sense in this chapter. But like for the most part, he's really just like, it's describing him as like basically just spitting at them with like, the words he's just like uh, saying, basically just being like, yeah, because this, shut up. <laughs> You kids. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kiyoshi thinks herself a bit about how she knows fuck all about what it means to be spiritual. So, again, I can kind of see where Korra gets it from, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and also, she doesn't really put much stock into the actual tales about what spirits are like, but basically just pins all her hopes on Yoon going with, like, Radiant Light or some shit to be definitive proof so that she can't possibly be the Avatar. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, spoilers, since this book has her name on it, she's going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, not really a spoiler. You should probably know that by now if this book has her name on it. <laughs> I would truly adore it if she was not the Avatar in this book at all. Yeah, like, she just, she just decided to, like, run interference with Yoon. Like, Yoon, she's Yoon's uh, fucking, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, ATM machine, basically, when then called. <laughs> just being like, yeah, you know, you know, Yoon was busy that day when uh, 
Like that Conqueror guy showed up, so I interfered and made Kyoshi Island. They named it after me, just out of uh, great <laughs> gratitude, even though he is the Avatar. And also, Yoon's busy today. Uh, he's like having fucking tea with Roku. Uh, no, wait, shit, Roku's gonna come back in a sec, right? Uh, he's off t- having tea with other Avatars, so I'm here instead, just, you know, being his answering machine. I'll take a message for you. <laughs> kid, listen. There are kid, kid, please. No, there are so many old people in here, and they all want to play Pi Show. You can't. No, get me out of here. <laughs> Uh, the the worst uh, existence in the spirit realm, basically, at that point, if it's like, I, I guess to be fair, like, the past lives of the avatars aren't really in the spirit realm, but they're in some, like, equivalent of that, that they can still talk to people, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, that has to be a fucking nightmare if you're trapped in for eternity. Like, at that point, Kyo, she's just, like, every time, like, like Aang goes into the avatars, she's just like, come on, just fucking die, just free me from this fucking eternal punishment, <laughs> just fucking do it already. <laughs> Get me away from all these old farts. <laughs> I mean, yes, I know they're technically me, but I don't care. I can only play chess with myself so many times. It's like, hey, yeah, I get that they're me, but also there's some parts of me I don't like. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fucking do it. Just die. <laughs> Free the world from this shit for once. <laughs> Considering how much bad shit happens whenever there's an avatar around, maybe the world would be better off without one for once. <laughs> without some shitty person like Chanji around to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, speaking of, yeah. uh, he leads him into a terrace carved into the mountain, and basically has him sit in the middle, where Kyoshi kind of has a little bit of a leprechaun on her neck, much like at the iceberg. Because again, like we the audience can basically see that this is like an avatar thing. Like this is this is some capital A capital S avatar shit going on with her, like getting a sensation here, but she doesn't really think about why, because it's like, well, why would this happen here? Like I'm actually in connection with my like element. Why would I be having the same thing from the iceberg? That was water. It's her spider sense. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but she doesn't realize it's a spider sense, basically. <laughs> Even though, again, like to the audience, it's like, yeah, that, that that's Avatar stuff. You don't, you just, you're just so far in denial at this point, still Kyoshi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then leads them in meditation as it's nearly twilight, which is when spirits are most active aside from solstice. There we go. I did have in my notes. It's solstice, not the eclipse that makes the spirit <laughs> portals uh, easier to get through, unless they're fully open. Uh, yeah. Kiyoshi, of course, has no idea how to do this because she's never had a free day or, like, PTO in her life. So <laughs> Yoon has to help her a bit as Zhang uh, places a brazier and incense by them to help them out. Uh, he, again, has his little, he has his little, like, jokey moment being like, anyone want to help me light this? And they both just kind of look at him dumbly because, uh, neither of them can. So he's like, eh, had to try my fucking luck. So whatever. <laughs> uh, it would have been much easier to figure this out. So he lights it himself with a match and instructs them on letting go of their energies so the spirit can get a good taste of them in a manner of speaking. That definitely will not become literal. Not <laughs> at all. Definitely not. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Uh, this guy sucks. <laughs> anyway, uh, as they fall into their trances, a roar emerges from the mountain, but Shanju tells them not to open their eyes and just take note of the sounds they hear, and Kyoshi realizes she smells a, like, fungal-ish smell that is familiar, but she isn't sure who it could be familiar to, which again, just more Avatar shit going on. How is she not getting it yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she will soon, maybe. Uh, she quietly jokes about what it would be like if it was just neither of them. <laughs> just being like, hey, wouldn't that be fucked or what? <laughs> uh, but Yoon says he has something important to tell her, but she isn't quite sure she imagined him say because his voice was a bit slurred to her. And also... 
Mm-hmm. It is so funny that John Chu took these kids to a secret cave in the middle of the mountains and got them mm-hmm. high. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what's going on here. <laughs> like of all the things, it is. It is. As we'll see, it's more sinister than that. But it is kind of funny, just in this context of like, yeah, he took these kids out here to smoke. <laughs> I mean, like the way it is described fully, that is yeah, what's uh-huh. happening here. Pretty much. <laughs> But also, it's just funny how, like, he's like, huh, how come Zhang hasn't told him to shut up yet? How come? Yeah, because she gets all giggly and weird, and she starts yeah. calling Zhang Mr. Shut Up, and... Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, turns out the reason for that is, uh, it's a little bit of our out-of-character, out-of-characterness of not telling him to shut up immediately is because of who has arrived, which is a giant, disgusting, floating eyeball out of the darkness. Because Kiyoshi, of course, opened her eyes a little bit to peek. <laughs> Good job, Kiyoshi. Uh, she's not able to get away or shout because she feels numb all over. Because, again, like uh, she's on the good drugs. That makes you just not be able to do much. Just lay there and experience it. Uh, which, her little struggle gets the attention of the eyeball as she tries to squirm away. With Yoon still just kind of sitting there. But then he's described as like slowly and laboriously breathing a bit. Uh, Ji refers to the spirit as Father Glowworm, which I don't think we've ever heard about this character in the show, I don't believe nope. so. Yeah, I was pretty sure not. Because, like, to be fair, we don't even get, like, a lot of spirits until, like, really Korra Season 2. Like, yeah. there's, only, like, a, there's a few throughout Avatar, but not as many compared to Korra. Uh, turns out, I mean, hey, when you have an entire season called Spirits, turns out you're probably gonna be dealing with spirits. <laughs> Wild, that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but apparently these two know each other because he calls Zhangju architect, and that it's been a long time since their last meeting, so I guess that implies that Zhangju made this town, huh? Maybe. Like, back when back when it was still a town and not rubble? Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. It's... Because hmm. the, the, the hard part of this is... I can't is Google that anything I because know... I don't want to spoil myself on anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the real... Thing that's weird to me about this is that I don't know if it was ever actually a real town because clearly there's no spirit rampaging because it was destroyed. So yeah, I, I just I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, because again, it's like I guess that means it's not going to be explained in this book nor Shadow of Kyoshi since you've read these and I haven't. So it's interesting that they like refer to him as such but don't clarify upon it. The only suggestion I have is that. You remember in the iceberg, when Zhangju was fighting, he was, like, creating things, not, like, rocks to throw, but he was actually building structures and bridges and stuff as he was fighting. So, that would be my guess. Yeah, he he is kind of known for, like, just making, like, staircases and casually walking around. As we'll yeah, pretty much. Do. Yeah, so maybe that's part of it. Yeah, maybe it's just like, oh, his like way of fighting, as in him being kind of a showboaty asshole, <laughs> is why he got this name. <laughs> yeah, uh, in any case, Zhang uh, refers to the kids as a question. I say kids, they're teenagers. Why am I saying kids? Uh, with I mean, Glowworm being. Teenagers are kids. I guess, but like they're like 16, almost 17 ish. They're, they're teenagers, really, at this point. Like, probably calling them kids at this point, I feel like, would more insult them <laughs> rather than just calling them kids. I mean, they'd of course, be like, offended, sure, but they're still kids. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, in any case, uh, Glowworm's a bit annoyed that everyone now thinks that they can look for spirits and demand answers about whatever they want, all because of Ko, or Albrecht's buddy, the face dealer, who has just stolen so many faces when people fuck up asking him questions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Kill the face dealer is a dick, but also rules. <laughs> he only shows up like in like one or two episodes total in the entirety of the shows, and he rules. He's great. Everybody loves him. Uh, he uh, definitely also... shows up in one of the uh, sequel comic books uh, with Aang and Zuko going on oh. an adventure together. Huh, huh. And it's some pretty awful stuff. Uh, I mean, Cole's whole deal is pretty awful even in the show, which is saying a lot considering it's a PG show. His title is literally the face healer. He steals people's faces. It's kind of bad. Well, you see, sometimes what he does is uh, if you, say, happen to run away from your abusive husband in the Fire Nation, he'll just uh, trade your face for someone else's face and then also steal all your memories. Oh, right. Yes, I do remember reading this about Zuko's mom. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Yay! <laughs> In case we're not, we're here to talk about this book, not that book. Uh, <laughs> it's still a book, though, so we're good. <laughs> true, true. It is still a book, and it's related to this, but we're not that, not the same book. Sanji uh, <laughs> stresses that this is an important matter because they need to figure out which of these two is the Avatar. But to do this, Glowworm will need their blood, which of fucking course Sanji knew this already. Because, hey, he violated Kuruk's privacy by reading his friend's journals, but darn wouldn't you know it, he just has to have the wisdom of a grain and ancient bear like Glowworm, who has had other dealings of avatars to figure this shit out at this point. <laughs> uh, you can't even respect the privacy of a dead person, huh, Jeanju, let alone living people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. It's gross. Mm-hmm. Yay. Uh. All right. <clears throat> uh, da -da -da. Yeah. Uh, and then gross stuff happens, so but uh, content warning on people who uh, don't like gross stuff here. Uh, it's kind of going to carry out through the rest of this description of this chapter, really. Uh, Glowworm basically uh, spits a bunch of slime tentacles full of human teeth towards the kids, which, of course, makes Yoshi freak the fuck out, and it's it's a little bit amusing how her whole, like, description for, like, an entire paragraph is just her being like, Can I just die? Can I die <laughs> instead of this? That'd be better. <laughs> it's a- it's- it's- Look, I get that she's, like, you know, again, we've discussed how, like, you know, she is a nervous and anxious individual at this point in her life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, obviously she is, like, definitely not on board with any of this shit. But it is a little silly how over the top she's, like, yeah, Oblivion would be better than, than dealing with this gross teeth slime. This sucks. Well, you gotta remember, <laughs> she's never been high before, and now this is also happening. True, true. Also true, yeah. She's having the worst trip possible, basically. <laughs> the one time her friends finally got her to try something, and then it's like, oh, it's going real bad real quick. <laughs> but it, it but it still is pretty amusing, just again. A whole paragraph just being like, just just die. Please die, me. Dear, dear, dear Kiyoshi, please die. Signs yourself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> any case. Uh, but Yoon basically finally pops to attention, and he's able to hurl himself in front of Kyoshi to get grabbed instead, and, like, it's described as nasty because, like, the slime, like, goes under his clothes and everything and causes, like, a bit of, like, him to just, like, get cut immediately because he's got teeth in it, which is gross. Yeah, uh, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's, again, like, one of those things where it's like, wow, like, this book really goes fucking hard, and I'm surprised Nickelodeon, like, actually signed off on this with all the stuff that's already happened and will continue to happen in these books <laughs> compared yeah, to like yeah. you know like the most like anybody got in the show was like oh they got i mean well like, again not disparaging how much zuko got because like zuko getting scarred by his dad is terrible his dad sucks but mm -hmm. it's like that's kind of the worst anybody got besides like being like oh well this character died eh, it was kind of vague like we're gonna basically kind of make a joke about whether this person's actually dead or not <laughs> Turns out, yes, they are. But it's like, nobody, like, 
visibly really gets hurt in the shows is the thing like it's like okay this guy blew up so he's definitely dead and did that villain kind of thing mm-hmm. but it's like it's not done in like a like graphic way <laughs> compared to it's... like everything in this book <laughs> yeah it's not tentacles of slime that have the teeth Filled of dead human... men floating yeah, in them yeah yeah i don't think like would have allowed them to put that in the show <laughs> freaking whatever channel that was back when i grew up in like channel 24 i think growing up on long island whatever it was that was nickelodeon <laughs> i think yeah no not gonna let them do that <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, Kyoshi is able to get what little control over herself as possible. They basically kick the bridge over to ward some of the slime off from the embers. Uh, and also turns out Yoon has also, on top of not only being tortured in, like, the ways we've seen so far, but has also been subjected to poison training, aka more torture from Amok. Uh, rip, rip to real one Amok, but also you shouldn't be poisoning a child to train him. I get yeah. that your mm-hmm. intention at least is to make sure the Avatar can't be poisoned easily, but still, don't. Don't torture this kid. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, yeah, basically, he can just uh, resist the numbing incense a pretty decent amount, especially compared to Kyoshi. I can't believe uh, they hotboxed this kid every day until he got <laughs> resistant to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, the worst fate possible. <laughs> you became the most po- the most like well-known and famous person on the planet, and now you can't even enjoy <laughs> smoking at all. <laughs> Because they intentionally over like introduced you to it, and now it has no effect on you, <laughs> or not as much of an effect. I don't think that's how that works, but also yes. No, no. Uh, speaking as a person that's never had a drug at all like that in my life, yeah, no, I don't think it works that way. I think I can speak on some authority, even though I've not done it myself. <laughs> um, I don't think I can speak with any authority, really, because while I have been high several times, because it's legal in Canada. Uh, mine are dramatically different and unpleasant, so... Mm. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I have any real expertise, but... You definitely have more experience, at least than me, which is to say I have none. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Just, like, one weird thing is that for whatever reason, I am just completely immune to vapes, apparently. Huh. I, I had... I got the strongest thing they had in the entire store, and I can just puff on that thing all day and not feel so much as a twinge. Hmm. But if it's edible, then boom, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't I mean, know, I maybe guess, I would I do guess... okay here, because it's smoke, so it's inhaled, so yeah. I'd be immune to it, I don't know. I, I guess edibles, like, it's introduced to the bloodstream more directly than smoke, right? Well, yeah, kind of. It's, like, because the, the edible, you digest it, it goes into the blood, versus the smoke in the lungs, but... Yeah, I, I I truly don't know what that is or why, but just mm. one puff sent my partner out of her mind for hours, so... And meanwhile, you were just fine. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well truly, then. I would just play with them to do, like, smoke ring tricks, because that's all they were <laughs> for me. <laughs> You're just trying to be, do your best Gandalf impression. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, well, they, these edibles ain't... Uh, not even edibles, these uh, smokables ain't shit, so I'm gonna try to do my best Gandalf. <laughs> Now that said, the first time I got high on edibles, uh, I fell out of my body and was just <laughs> stuck there, fully conscious and not high at all, while I watched my body wander around doing stupid stuff for six hours. Fun. So that wasn't fun. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really just... don't like being yurked. <laughs> yeah, no, you had you had your camera go from first person to third person there. That's gotta be a weird experience. <laughs> well, that, but also someone else stole the controller. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> 
You get back to your save file and it's like, ah, oh, my sibling has been playing this. I know, I'm not saved in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> Link is in fucking Goron City. I was in uh, the, the fucking Lost Woods. What's going on here? I know they're connected and all based on that shortcut, but still, this ain't where it saves. Also, yeah. I got... Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, also that wouldn't work because in uh, as child Link, you always respawn back in his house, and <laughs> adult Link, you're always in the Temple of Time. So never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I corrected myself because yeah. I played that game way too much, so I can remember that. <laughs> I, I truly don't have a way, a word to describe that sensation, but it was just very like, you know, you always assume when you get high that you'll get high and it'll affect mm -hmm. your mind, but yeah. here I am, perfectly sober, watching my body be high without me. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird, and I didn't like it, so I've only ever done it twice. <laughs> yeah, it's just always, like, a case of, like, I've, I've considered trying some minor things like that, but it's more a case of, like, I would kind of want to do so with a friend nearby just to help yeah. in case it goes bad. Because, like, again, like, I, I used to deal with, like, some pretty bad anxiety stuff, and it's kind of funny how on hormones actually like a thing that i was always like super concerned about early on and people figuring me out these days i just kind of don't give a fuck <laughs> so it's like i've always heard people talk about how you get more confident on hormones for the most part and it's like well it's kind of weird that it's like actually that is kind of what happened here so i just don't have it as much <laughs> but there's still like a few times i definitely feel like a little bit of like tightness in my throat at times but i at least now like you know, know how to, like, properly, like, deal with it. Because it's, like, it's a whole thing of, like, yeah, anxiety never goes away, obviously, and it's, like, kind of just have to keep reminding yourself that it's, like, this is gonna pass, it's not the end of the world, even if it feels like it in this moment kind of deal. But I just <laughs> feel like that part would maybe get really heightened and be real bad by myself kind of deal, like, even if somebody was with me. So that's why, you know, it's, it's been, like, a little bit of a case of, again, like, telling, like, I've told some friends being, like, yeah, if there's ever a point where, like, we actually hang out in person, if because despite the fact we're all out of state, if there's ever time we can actually get together, that might be something to test out to see. <laughs> but yeah, that hasn't come up yet. Also, it's a case it's just like, again, like when I had my gallbladder taken out, like I tried to build back a tolerance to alcohol and like eventually it's just like, I just feel nasty for hours and then just trying to even have like a cider. And it's like, eventually I was just like, I'm just fucking done with alcohol. It's not worth it. It's a waste of money at this point, basically. That's fair. Yeah. Remember, spend money on Gundams rather than <laughs> drugs and alcohol, I guess. <laughs> what <I'm saying. laughs> All right, no, no, whatever. No. Like, I know people that it's important for, and I get it. It's just yeah. not me. Yeah. Like, hey, teach your own. Like, if it helps you get through the day and stuff, and it's some or if it's something you need medically, like, hey, that no judgment here. <laughs> yeah. Like, Everybody has their own differences. Are much more. Uh, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were, you were, uh, you know, on home HRT for a long time there, too. <laughs> Still am. Yay. Uh, oh, right, yeah, because of your insurance issues, right? Yay. <laughs> Fun! Don't you love it? Don't, don't, it's, again, one of those cases of, like, uh, don't you just love how fucked the American healthcare system is, where it's, like, you know, when I was at the CVS earlier today, they tried to charge me $190 for the fucking COVID shot. Uh, because I don't have insurance, and then all I had to do was show them the fucking CDC website about the bridge program, and they waived it. And it's like, yeah, wow, that's kind of fucked it if you don't know this. Like, if I didn't see somebody on Blue Sky mention that, like, two or three days ago, I would have had to pay over 200 bucks on that fucking thing with the flu shot. Yep. And it's, like, fucking insane that, like, it's not widespread and known that it's like, yeah, just show them this thing saying CVS renewed the thing with the CDC with the bridges program to provide this to people without insurance. And you get it waved. 
Because, hey, it turns out for-profit healthcare is fucked. <laughs> yeah, in any case, we should get back to Kyoshi. We're, we're, yeah. we're kind of there. Uh, we're kind of getting there with this chapter. Uh, yeah. In any case, the kids are too distracted to notice that the slime returns uh, from you jumping in front of Kyoshi, so it basically has enough time to grab her ankle, which slashes into her a little bit, so this way Glowworm gets her blood too. And this results in Glowworm being able to tell that Kyoshi's down with her after all this, so, okay, well, there you go. You finally got confirmation Kyoshi can't annoy avoid this anymore. Uh, <laughs> hey, guess what? Remember when Yoon said that he would be fine if it wasn't him? Uh, he was lying. <laughs> yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyoshi describes it basically seeing uh, his entire spirit break, <laughs> because she stole, like, the one thing in the world that mattered to him, basically. Whoops. Yep. Whoops. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, with its answer, Zhenju once again proves to be just the worst. I have that just capitalized, like capital J, capital T, capital W. Uh, by attacking Glowworm's tentacle, grabbing Kyoshi, in order to drag her to safety while he just leaves Yun behind. Good yeah, job. But there's mm-hmm. also, like, Yun is. There's a paragraph here that's an entire paragraph mm-hmm. that's one sentence, and I think it's super important. But. Because Yun is there, he's trying to protect Kyoshi, pull her out or whatever, while he's mm-hmm. also getting pulled in. And then the thing says that she's the Avatar, and we get this one-sentence paragraph that is just, he let go of her. He realized yep. that she was the Avatar, and he was going to let the monster eat her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of read that like a little bit like, wait, is that second part part of the, of the same paragraph? No, no, I added that second. Okay, thing. yeah, that's what I didn't think that. I read that as he let go of her, like figuratively, like rather than literally. Of like, okay, yeah, this is when like the mask of him, like the, the strong facade he was putting on, of like it'll be fine if it's you and not me. Of like, oh, he's he's like let go of that whole pretend that he was doing. Of like, yeah, no, it actually does affect him real bad that it's not him. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that she is, like, being physically released. He's he's dropping her into the monster. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, like, say okay. well, that. Still, you don't attack spirits is the thing. <laughs> like, well, it's just going to make the situation worse. <laughs> and also, he leaves Yoon behind. He doesn't do anything to help Yoon. <laughs> so again, still bad. Uh, this, of course, uh, really pisses off uh, Father Glowworm, and basically he grabs uh, Yoon fully and accuses Janji of treachery after he begs for his help. To which he said, uh, to which Janji replies that he couldn't risk Glowworm get uh, Glowworm getting revenge on Kuruk via, via Kyoshi, which I have questions about that too because we haven't been introduced to Glowworm before, and why would Glowworm get revenge on Kyoshi, basically for Ko, I guess. <laughs> Because, like, Ko is the spirit that Kuruk annoyed. So why would Glowworm give a shit about that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that depends on how much you want me to tell you. Fair. Okay, I guess we'll get there later on. <laughs> but like I say, uh, Kuruk has done some things wrong. <laughs> okay, fair. Okay, maybe Kuruk has fucked around more than just with Ko, I guess, in terms of spirits. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there we go. We'll get there, I guess, when we get there. Uh, yeah, in any case. Uh, Glowworm is dissatisfied with this answer, because he's a spirit, and spirits are usually annoyed by stuff, and he wants more blood to be paid for his services now, uh, so he pulls Yoon into the tur- the tunnel, and Zhenju seals it off. Uh, I have theories about this, and it's basically because, uh, people can actually survive in the spirit world just fine, uh, well, we're also be fine, but not be dead, though I don't think Yoon's dead. <laughs> I feel like oh. it'd be too- I feel like it'd be too soon to kill off Yoon if that's the case. <laughs> 
I mean, people can survive in the spirit world, sure, but if this thing's gonna steal all his blood, maybe not. <laughs> True, but also, I feel, again, I feel like it's like, with how much of a good Earthbender we know Yoon is, I could see him get out of this somehow. Like, maybe he's, like, changed from this and just really fucking pissed at both Kyoshi <laughs> and Janju for leaving him for dead and also taking away the one thing he had. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think he has to come back. I don't think he's dead. We, yeah, I'm, I'm using I'm using Disney villain death logic here. Okay, we don't see the body in in this book in in particular. We've seen a lot of bodies. <laughs> you don't if you have like one case of like, oh, this guy's dead. Did we did you see him die? No, but he's definitely dead. And it's like, mm, maybe not actually with how fucking brutal this book has been so far. <laughs> but hey, I I will wait to be proven wrong. I guess. <laughs> yeah. In any case, uh, Kiyoshi's fucking pissed, <laughs> as she should be, uh, and she basically in her anger breathes fire, actually, like fire burns for the first time by just basically breathing like a dragon, and uh, she basically just full-on tackles Janju off the terrace, but while she basically just falls off and eats shit, uh, he casually basically like recovers and builds a staircase for himself to just walk down. Because he's a dick. <laughs> he's got he's got a flaunt that he's good at this stuff, and it's like you have had decades, buddy. She's she's sixteen. <laughs> fucking, get, fucking, uh, don't bother with this stuff at the moment. You don't have to showboat. Uh, but yeah. Uh, she's annoyed at this, so she tosses the huge boulder at him. Basically, like, it, it's described as, like, it's a boulder that's behind him, and it's, like, it's in the trajectory to hit both of them, because he's in between her and the boulder, and she doesn't care that it'll hit her, too. Uh, but he basically just, like, puts one hand behind him to just break it in half to the, the halves pass through him, and just basically fall right next to Kiyoshi, where she's standing, and freak her out. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh he just continues being the the hugest hammy dickhead he can be by calmly saying that she'll have to learn how to do things other than just big rock <laughs> <laughs> i like how he phrases it as go big i i like it just as big rock <laughs> because that's what kiyoshi does she uses big rock that is her it's technique usually, it's it's usually super effective because turns out when you just crush something with big rock it usually solves the problem uh but yeah but she proves uh, this whole uh, thing of not being able to do anything else by being unable to basically do anything about his small staircase that he's built. Because uh, she tries to basically just like trip him up if it's like, well, if I can't just crush him, maybe I can make him fall over. But uh, she doesn't have like the ability to really do that. Because also, Zhangju is basically just like essentially casting Counterspell to negate whatever she tries to do because he knows very obviously what she's going to try. Because mm -hmm. you know, she's an open book like that. <laughs> Yeah, she's got, like, three spells. It's not hard to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, she... Well, I, I guess, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what the corner of just throw rock is. I guess it's basically kind of fireball, but just, fa like, phrased to be just a bit of earth, I guess. I don't know. And then she has, like, I guess, uh, firebolt greater, I guess. <laughs> That's an actual spell slot. I don't know. Yeah, in any case, uh, he then uh, very disturbingly just talks to her very warmly saying that she has responsibilities now and that she has to weigh their loss against the future of the world and to not let you and sacrifice be in vain and good god this guy sucks. <laughs> I hate I hate how he's just like ca calmly and warmly talking to her being like, yeah, we'll work together. We'll do this. <laughs> It'll be great. Don't worry about that guy. He's <laughs> uh, the worst. Uh... <laughs> Kiyoshi at this point said that she finally understands what true hatred is. She thought she knew that with her parents, but no, turns out that was not what this is. This is way worse. This is actual hatred <laughs> compared to what they did. Uh, 
Yeah, because basically he like tosses he has tossed you aside and then tries calling it a tragedy, and this makes her only goal in life to basically make Xiangxi lose everything he's ever had. <laughs> Good goal. Eat the rich, Kyoshi. <laughs> uh, she tries to punch fire at him, but can't because she doesn't really have conscious control over any other form of bending, and even then she doesn't really even have a lot of control over earth bending even. Uh, and she basically just ends up finding herself grabbed by stone discs from Zhangju that merge into the ground to pin her down, and kind of over time <laughs> start to kind of slowly suffocate her a little bit to basically put her in her place. Which, I, this is something I always, like, found interesting, that, like, this is, like, one of, kind of, like, one of those creative uses of bending that I always kind of liked from seeing in the show, of, like, yeah, like, if you just can, like, make the earth do whatever you want, of course you're gonna basically make shackles out of it to basically just pin a person to the ground, right? <laughs> <laughs> But if, I mean, yeah. it does feel like the go-to maneuver in a fight with basically yeah. anybody who's not an earthbender. Yeah, like if if I mean, it, even then, like when it comes, like yeah, to be fair, like I mean, Janju points out, like if you knew the basics of earthbending, you could easily get yourself out, but you suck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it is like it is even against like uh, I'm trying to think if there were other cases of like earthbenders using this on other earthbenders to basically just control that. Yeah, because, like, I feel like there's, like, at least some time, like, at least once or twice that, like, they basically just, like, more or less, like, trap a person in, like, a big, like, tent, like, of, like, earth, like, around them to just have their head exposed. Or maybe I'm thinking of what Aang does to Ozai in particular. And he's obviously a firebender. So maybe maybe I'm thinking that, but maybe I'm misremembering with that. But I feel like it's, like, still, like, at least a solid tactic because it at least, like, takes a person out of a fight for a little bit as they free themselves. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It, it feels like you would see that too. a lot if it was really effective, but maybe it only works against people who haven't practiced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, hey, being real here, even if it's not a nerf bender that you're trying to pin down, uh, most people in this world who are, like, traveling the world literally can do, like, basically a form of magic, so <laughs> even yeah. if they can't get themselves out with nerf bending, they probably have some other way. Like, it's like, again, <laughs> like, if you pin a person, like, in all their senses except, like, their head in, like, ground, uh, a lot of firebenders can just, again, breathe fire like a dragon. <laughs> so it's like, well, you kind of have to also gag their mouth in that case. If you don't do that, you're probably uh, still going to get hit a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in case. Zhangju uh, then takes this opportunity to basically lament how he could have taught her so much if it wasn't for Yoon swindling him uh, this whole time, which again pisses off Kiyoshi even more because, again, Yoon idolized this guy and he just basically used him and then tossed him aside. And this at least finally starts to actually crack a little bit at Zhangju's like calm asshole facade. So he basically gives her the first lesson that he gave to Yoon, which is that the world is full of corrupt idiots who would manipulate a dull avatar into doing their dirty work, and that without his influence, she'd become nothing more than a clown being used by the world for fun tricks and going to other ways. <laughs> uh, I mean, him. I think the first lesson he's giving her. Uh, well, the aside first from... lesson, the same one I give to Yoon, mm -hmm. uh, is that he's suffocating her to death, and she can't well, yeah, do anything true, about it. True, that. But I think he's, I think he's ignoring that to basically be like, you have to actually be molded into an avatar who can do something rather than just be for party tricks. <laughs> well, I mean, I think this is his point, right? Is that the, the lesson is that you cannot fight him. He is too powerful. You are yeah. like, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a it's a real like Palpatine kind of situation of like you can't do anything about this. You have to kind of embrace it, kind of deal. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> In any case, uh, we're almost done here because at this point, Janji finally backs off and releases Kyoshi because hey, guess what? Kelsang shows up because he found them here. 
but also his wounds have reopened because he's uh, still fucked up, and also his glider was haphazardly repaired because glue is still like just visibly there, so it can't even fold up properly. Uh, <laughs> it turns out John Zhu left the map open on his desk, and also uh, Kelsang broke into John Zhu's study. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny exchange here of like, I uh, definitely like my study. Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, just being like, yeah, I fucking broke in. It's called these two publicity fuckers, look it up. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, Kelsang defends himself from this saying, well, nobody else in the manor could tell me where you went. Yeah, he definitely stole that. He's kind of also the only one who's like, cognizant enough at this point to really know that Jiu's kind of went on off the deep end in, in recent time. Like, he's the only one, like, willing to actually, like, look through this, even though, like, they're still incense friends, but it's, like, he's, like, the only one who's actually, like, yeah, no, I know the real guy here, and he's, he's too far gone. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he had cause to be suspicious, because, again, nobody knew where they went, and also, uh, they definitely stole his bison. <laughs> uh, Jiu at this point tries to distract Kelsang from Yoon's absence at that point, because... Uh, Kelsang obviously asked about him by just blurting out that Kyoshi's the avatar, they figured it out, he was right all along. Uh, but he's not distracted by this, and asked again, so Zhangju basically lies about the spirit taking Yoon. Uh, I mean, technically not a lie, but he phrases it differently. So Kyoshi points out that he basically fed them both the glow worm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Janju then, like, kind of keeps trying to keep up the act by blaming himself for a student's death and that he'll never forgive himself, but Kelsang sees through this too, and says that he and Kiyoshi are leaving immediately, and he's not gonna have anything to do with them. Uh, Janju points out that the two of them are way too injured and fucked up to really get far at all, because Kiyoshi's leg is all busted up, and, uh, Kelsang's wounds from the iceberg are all still reopened, so they're not gonna- <laughs> they have no chance really anyway. And therefore, they're going to come back to the manor of him. Uh, also, uh, basically, yeah, this is where Kelsang tells him he's not fit to serve the Avatar, uh, because he can like clearly like see and feel the pain on Kyoshi's face, also because he's like holding her hands. So it's like she, he can tell that like she's fucking terrified of this dude. Zhangju uh, at this point does at least accurately point out that the Earth temples are not a safe haven to them because Kelsang's fallen so far out of grace with them, you know, because he killed all those Daofei that time, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also, he knows literally fucking everyone in the world who could even possibly help the Avatar in any way, shape, or form, so they'd basically all be begging to bring in the Avatar for Zhang Zhu for reward. <laughs> so, cool. Great. This is this is definitely a guy who's only been doing this for the, the good of the world. Yeah, definitely not his own profit. Yeah, super, like, <clears throat> you're trying to get the Avatar on your side, so you give a villain mm -hmm. speech. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I own the fucking world, so you should just join me. This this makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to keep the balance. The balance of me owning the world, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta maintain balance, and by that I mean my checkbook, Kyoshi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't know. Do banks exist? In, I think banks have to exist in the world of Avatar, right? <laughs> uh, oh no, I guess maybe, maybe not. Definitely by the time of Korra, I think, because they're a public city. But I don't know if by this point they actually have like proper banking yet. Yeah, I don't think they do. But they've got to have some sort of treasury because, yeah. like, as much money as Jonju has, no way does he carry it. Yeah, there's there's at least also like some like equivalent of like the gold standard in a sense because like people have a price for stuff even if there's a bunch of different currencies in the world. Yeah, for sure. 
at any point. Uh, Kelzang basically tells Kyoshi to run at this point because uh, he doesn't have any other option here. Uh, and he goes to basically swing his staff at Janju to try to blow him away. But because he's only trying to blast his friend away compared to how Janju always plays to win, this is where... We've talked, we've joked at times in the past about how I'm usually always right about stuff, and I'm kind of tired at this point of being right all the time, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> should, we had that episode called Chloe is Always Right, we should definitely name this one something like Vivian is Always Right, sadly, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun callback, because I, I hate being right sometimes. Because <laughs> Janju uses a little sliver of earth that he cuts, that he makes to cut through the bit of, like, the air blast that Kelsang made. And it also cuts Kelsang's throat open. So he, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Rip. I called yeah. it. He was the old mentor figure and also the like adopted dad. Of course he was going to die, but I don't feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, he falls to the ground and Kiyoshi, uh, she describes it as basically like, ha like having a white glow behind her eye consume her. This is obviously her going into the Avatar state. Like well, we'll, yes. call it, we'll call it here. That's definitely what this is. But that's where the chapter ends. Yeah. Yay! Yun may be dead, and Kelsang definitely dead. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah. We did things after several weeks of build-up. It's, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, stuff happened on the iceberg, but it was like, That's it was true, it yeah. was more, it was basically the setup for this, of like, it's, of it being like, yeah, it's not Yun, it's this girl. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, I don't know. Kelsong obviously had to die, right? There's no way that character gets to stick around and actually yeah, be helpful. Unfortunately. But it's also kind of a bummer how easily he went down in the... Yeah. Because he's supposed to be a super ultra-powerful airbender, and then just immediately, one move, that's all it took. Yeah, it's, again, like, one of those things where it's, like, I think back to, like, the fight scenes in, like, the TV show, where it's, like, people will get blasted all the time with, like, fire and stuff, and, like, just, like, basically get blasted back and, like, maybe roll on the ground a little bit and, like, struggle to get up a little bit, but they won't be, like, actually visibly hurt, basically. Besides, like, being like, oh, that hurt, ow. <laughs> like, I took a little bit of non-lethal damage, but I'm totally fine otherwise. But it's like, this is just, like, one and done. Just dead. Yeah, the thing just about rolls slitting a, rolls a fucking crit on it his doesn't usually attack. work when you're staring them in the face. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, like, uh, like, Janju, like, was like, okay, well, I've, I can use my sneak attack with uh, finesse weapons and ranged weapons, so I'm gonna do this. Oh, I crit. Oops, uh, I'm definitely killing Kelsong here, right? I just meant to knock him out or just do enough damage to scare him. Oopsie yeah, I just meant to <laughs> knock him out by slitting his throat. Yeah, I, you know, I was, I was kind of more aiming center mass. The little gust of wind he did kind of <laughs> threw me off a little bit, so instead it went for his face, and it's like, oh, well, this is gonna suck for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it is kind of like again it's like one of those things where it's like despite like uh everything Janju says it's like it, it's it's still like really just stands out a lot that he's just that willing at the drop of a hat to just murder one of his best friends in the world yeah i don't know i guess mostly i just feel like John or not Janju, Kelsong is supposed to be so overwhelmingly powerful. Like the dude can summon mm -hmm. typhoons and hurricanes with like nothing. Yeah. And then he just gets immediately dropped. Well, I mean the the thing there is again, like it's described as like they're not fighting the same fight. Like Kelsong is not trying to murder his friend. He's trying to just disable him to get himself and Kiyoshi to safety. But Janju no. never plays like on that scale. Like he always plays to win, is the thing. <laughs> No, absolutely. But the thing is, is uh, 
when what I'm trying to get at here is that Kelsong is just so overwhelmingly powerful that I don't see why he, even holding back, even not trying to kill his friend, just blow him away. Like, throw him ten miles into the sky. You know he's gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Again, he, no. he, he, was, he was holding back because he didn't want to hurt or kill his friend, and, well, uh, that means that he also instead gets killed. Yep. Again, again, it's like it's like stuff we see a lot with Aang, like because like Aang's whole thing is again he's like I'm a pacifist, I can't kill a person, and then like he tries to fight Ozai, and he's doing like he's doing his damnness to try to beat him to, to, without killing him. Except that also again Ozai's not playing in that same kind of fight. He is playing to kill this kid. <laughs> he is playing <laughs> to win, much like Zhu. and it's like yeah, you know, yep. it's just you're 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 not going to the same scale as him, so it ends badly. Just very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Oh seven stick out song. At least he tried to do a good thing once. Yeah, it's more than you can say about John Zhu at least. <laughs> like again, he at least like he's trying to get the world under control, but it's under his control. It's a thing, like He's trying to he's trying to make sure the world doesn't fall into chaos, but he's doing it entirely the wrong way, which is why it's like it's <laughs> bad when he tries to do this stuff. But it's like Kel Kelsong has done questionable things, but it's like he still at least did way better good in the world than Shanju ever did because like he took in Kyoshi and also you know tried to save her. <laughs> <sighs> I just wish I had more of a. Because we never really see it from his side, right? We only see Kyoshi's view of it. And to Kyoshi, he's always, like, protecting her, taking her in, being her dad. And I'm really, really curious if he felt that way also, or if it was just, I'll keep this backup kid around in case Yun isn't the avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, because, like, he at least, like, you know, because she picked up the one yeah, uh, exactly. avatar toy. So it's like, it it really is a case of like yeah I guess it's one thing to think about where it's like did he just take pity on her because she needed somebody or was there also that little bit of like well she did also pick up that one toy so if I'm gonna take pity on someone it might as well be one of the kids that it's like well you know kind of has a little like low chance that it might be her instead so might as well keep mm -hmm, her close mm -hmm. exactly. <sighs> But we will never know, because he got got like a chump. Yeah, well, you know, he had to go out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that that's our chapters for today. How are we feeling? <laughs> it, it still surprises me that, like, it was basically, like, right before this chapter that I kind of stopped reading the book for the first time I tried. <laughs> Which is insane for me to think about, that it's like, wow, how did I stop... Like, because I remember I definitely had read the iceberg because I remember Kiyoshi having like the big earth pillows from the ocean floor. I just don't. I think I might have read. I think I read the chapter after that, but I didn't read Desperate Measures. I kind of stopped there for some reason. Like I, I put it down because I got busy with something else or whatever, and then I always went mm -hmm. back to get to it and then didn't, didn't. And it's kind of insane to me to think about like, wow, passed by you. You stopped two chapters before shit really hits the fan, huh? Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Weird timing. <laughs> <sighs> uh, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. we're we're kind of like already a third of the way through the book too. Now that I'm realizing that. I think it's like <laughs> 32 chapters. I think we figured out. Uh, I truly do not remember, but in terms of pages, we're a little yeah, basically, because we're at 136 out of 411. So. Yeah, like yeah, roughly a third. Just just a little bit more than a quarter. So yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, waiting to see just how much Kyoshi's no good, very bad day continues. <laughs> I feel like it's only going to get worse still. I don't know how to express how bad life is going to be for Kyoshi from now on. I mean, I'm going to have to assume pretty fucking bad. Because <laughs> again, like, not only did she finally have confirmation that it's her, but also, like, her father figure and, like, one of her besties slash maybe boyfriend are now seemingly gone from her life and she has no home anymore when she only had a home for the last nine years, like, like roughly like six-ish, five-ish years, something like that, <laughs> at most. Don't forget her GF isn't talking to her anymore and also, yeah, also the government that, is yeah. hunting her. Uh-huh, yeah. Bad time for her and it's only going to be worse. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, um, good book. I'm having fun. Uh, at this point, I think we should probably divert into our questions, yes? Yeah, uh, I think we only got one, Duggle. Uh, oh, yeah, I need to... I wish we could have the Switch accounts on Blue Sky. <laughs> that would be nice. I didn't see any on Blue Sky, but that yeah, was an no, hour or we... so ago that I checked, so maybe. Yeah, we don't, we don't have any there, no, we do not. It's just on the Twitter, I believe. Fair enough. So, to listeners, if you are interested in sending us questions, you can find us at Osviroscast2 on Twitter, or as you may have intuited based on what we just talked about a moment ago, we are now on Blue Sky, at Osviroscast. <sighs> it's... We're also still over at co-host at Osviros, which I always forget that it's just Osviros because it's the only one that's not the same brand. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what you get for letting me make it and not doing it. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, because you're right, because you made it ages ago, and then I took ages for me to get permission to also access it for some reason. Mm -hmm. It was weird. Yep. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I just um, totally forgot about that, because I was trying, because, like, with the recent bullshit going on with Twitter recently, I was, like, thinking of, like, oh, right, how do I, what's, the, what's all the rest of the socials we have to point people towards them? For whenever Twitter finally fully fucking sinks into the sea, never to be seen again. <sighs> right, Indeed. and it was like, oh right, yeah, it's just, it doesn't have cast. <laughs> it becomes ever more difficult for us to tell people where to find us. Huzzah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a weird case because it's like, well, best case scenario that will decrease in time, right? With you know, because once again, once Twitter finally dies, but it's like, well, that's also depressing to think that Twitter might be dead because again, there's people that. Are not on other sites that I follow that are only on Twitter, and that would be like weirdly enough, Morning Marks you're only on Twitter. It's like, well, it's like I I can't follow them easily otherwise. Well, I know they're also posted on Instagram, but I don't fucking use Instagram. I mean, Marks got the Tumblr that's been running for like a decade. Oh yeah, now. true, true. Yeah, maybe I should just uh, make a pin on that and just use that instead. Cause... Might be a good idea. Yeah, for Tumblr exclusive comics, so that's what I do. Oh, right, I forgot. But yes, so, uh, I believe we only have the one question this week, mm -hmm. so from M. Healy, at M. of Healy on Twitter, if you both were to become class traitors, who would be the worst boss? 
feel like we're both kind of just too nice, though, is the thing. <laughs> that's the weird thing, right? It's hard to conceptualize a question like this. Yeah. Because to get into the mindset of being a class trader would be so... I, I don't even yeah, yeah. know how to... It's like one of those cases of, like, you have to inevitably think of, like, well, even if we did get pushed to that, like, obviously those people on that side wouldn't even accept us because we're trans. <laughs> it's, it's just extremely, like, okay, well, if I were an entirely different person, would I be more evil than the entirely different person <laughs> than you are? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um... Like, I, I was, like, thinking of this earlier, being like, well, of the two of us, you do at least know how to kind of make napalm, and I don't know that. So I don't know, I don't know if that pushes you ahead, though. Well, yeah, like, that's the thing, right? Is because I definitely have been more open about the various and sundry crimes I have mm -hmm. committed, but also the various and sundry crimes I have committed have all been exclusively of the sort that are, like, gonna hurt companies or not do anything oh, to oh, anybody. Oh, oh, I have a story real quick that might influence this. Okay, because what I you got? Because I kinda quasi-did a crime the other day. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, finally. <laughs> but this is like the most minor thing possible in terms of whether it could be a crime. Because <laughs> I, I, bought, I bought a five-piece set of earrings at the store like two days ago. Because mm -hmm. I found it, it was like one that was like a nice variety. It had like, uh, there was like one that was like blue, one that was like green, one was red, and then like another one was like kind of like a hoop, but it's not like the curved line. It's like the kind of just feeds in and it look and like the shape of the rest of it that pokes out is kind of a curve to look like mm -hmm. it's going around your ear. But I noticed that the other one in it, which is like a little, just a little like like gold bar kind of design, one of them was a little scuffed on the side. Like it was, had like a little bit of like, oh, okay, that looks like that's like a little bit like scratched or whatever. And so I'm looking around at the other ones they have on display, and I don't see anyone like that nearly, but I see another one that has the same little bars, or at least close enough. So, like, I kind of like to pick up both, walk over to a little display, and just switch them around real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if that counts as a crime, because that doing so is sure that I would buy them, though, because I wouldn't want to buy them if one of the pairs of earrings was not good. Right? In terms of it being like it's scratched up, I'm not going to use it. So it's yeah, like. Yeah, what, what, that's fair. The, I guess the question comes down to would the Coles management, if they caught me doing that, do say anything about it? Because it's like, well, if you're stopping me from doing that, I'm not going to buy them. If you let me do this, I'm going to buy them. <laughs> I mean, they would definitely have an issue with that. Well, nobody if, said anything. <laughs> if they were killing the party line, but. Yeah. It's like retail. But you it's know? like technically kind of a crime in a sense in terms of switching them around to get the ones that were nicer but it's really just like it was the same design and everything it's just like the bar was like a little bit bigger on one side than the other in terms <laughs> of the ones that were switching and it was again just to make sure it wasn't one that was like scratched up and therefore it looked nicer so it was like again i wouldn't have worn that pair of earrings and i wouldn't have bought that set if i didn't switch them <laughs> so it's like a justified crime right <laughs> To me, this is not a crime. This is yeah, just exactly, buying yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, no, but... I, I was I was thinking of that at the time when I was doing it, being like, I don't think this qualifies as a crime, but I feel like if somebody wants to be a hard ass, they could be like, you're doing a crime by switching these to yeah, get the exactly. one you like. And it's like, no, I'm switching it to make sure I have one that's not all scratched up and busted. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, corporately speaking, they would definitely call that a crime because... Like, you're not buying the product as intended. They would want you to either buy both or ask to get a different one yeah, from the back. Yeah, but 
But in my defense, I wasn't going to. In my defense, I wasn't. You just did. Yeah, it's fine. I wasn't. I wasn't going to go and find an employee and be like, "Hey, can you?" I wasn't going to do the whole. Can you go check the back to see if there's this exact same one back there? Because I know they're not going to look. I've had that kind of job to go look in the back. You don't do anything when you look in the back. You stand there because you're just like regretting everything that led you down this path. (laughs) You don't actually (laughs) look. And also. Most stuff isn't just in the back, and also, again, they're not going to go through an entire box of this set of earrings in this specific kind to see if there's this one that's exactly the same and not scuffed up. (laughs) (laughs) I think ultimately what it comes down to is that I believe I would probably be the worst boss of us, because if we were to assume this scenario goes, and we're both evil capitalists, whatever, that means I'm leaning into my worst self. And as I think I may have mentioned on this show before, when I was younger, around about the 7th grade, I got into truly, truly horrific lying habits and became very, very good at lying. Uh, So I think that is a skill, certainly more than making bombs or whatever that would carry me through to be yeah. a terrible boss i mean we've we've seen like again most politicians these days <laughs> in terms of that leading them in a lot of ways to you know x amount of people who are confirmed to be liars and they now sit on the supreme court we'll put it yeah. like that mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it's like yeah, god I, like... it's like what what was the uh, i'm trying to remember if it was a tweet or uh whatever they call a post on blue sky a vice key or whatever where it's like it was somebody being like oh this like comedy show from like 1993 or 1994 where it's like do you know what a sexual assault allegation will do for you and the person joked it like well in the best case scenario get me uh right there it is uh living single season one episode 16 a male writer threatens do you know what an accusation of sexual harassment will do to your career uh khadija i think is how you pronounce that name uh i'm not sure uh, he replies, hey, if I'm lucky, it will get me a Supreme Court appointment. This season, there are 19 widows have to strike together. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mm-hmm. So, again, yeah, yeah I, I, th- I think, yeah, the fact that you bring up that you uh, learned not great habits with flying in your younger days, it's like, yeah, that might be something that might have gotten heightened if we, uh, in this hypothetical scenario where we uh, went full mask off. <laughs> it's like... I I can't explain how bad it was, truly. It was... Mm-hmm. Pathological is not a good enough word for how much yeah. I was lying. I would just lie constantly for no reason whatsoever, even when it was not a benefit to me at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the degree that my parents had to sit down and talk with me about how uh, I really, really need to clean up my act or they kick me out of the house... So, yeah. And in retrospect, I don't think they were serious about that. I think they were trying to scare me, but <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, at, le- at least you were willing to actually like take what they said into consideration and like change for the better based on that. <laughs> yes, I swore a holy oath never to tell a lie again. Why <laughs> do I feel like that's a lie? <laughs> No, it's true, I did. Uh, well, hmm. I mean, maybe it's an exaggeration. I it, I guess it could be argued that it's not a holy oath, I'm not a paladin, but regardless, I do not tell direct lies. I will certainly obfuscate, mislead, imply, and uh, just not tell you things, but I, if you get an answer out of me, it is the truth. Unless it is obviously a joke. <laughs> like how, again, I heard Ziggy Man in the background redoing that, like her just being like, 
Ah, uh, they're full of it or something. <laughs> Don't believe this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I play by fairy rules. Don't worry about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, and if there's a person you know you can trust, it's definitely the fae. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm related. I just saw somebody draw Lazelle as the fucking Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the this. <laughs> oh, that's because you reposted it. God damn it! Oh, you retweet. Wait, wait. This is Twitter. Retweeted, right? <laughs> I didn't see that at first. It, it got it stuck in the radar. God damn it! <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I think we're one. This is gift. I think we're done here. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we're done with this question, but we do have one of our freaks takes to get to. <laughs> oh right, I totally forgot. <laughs> Yes, took indeed. A week, we took a week off and I already forgot how we do things. <laughs> yes, since we only had the one question, we're going to use one of our questions from Jonathan Frakes. And we are rapidly running out of those, so we'll see what happens soon. But our question this week... It's ominous, I'm sorry. Can a home ever be truly safe? <laughs> I really don't know how to answer this. <laughs> And this is for reasons other than uh, a lot of the bullshit I have going on with uh, people in uh, my air quotes family besides my mom. <laughs> to be fair, I don't live with any of them, but still. <laughs> hmm. Uh, I think I think we should just end it without answering this. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm just gonna leave my evil laughs as my answer, and that we're. <laughs> mm. But yeah, um, if you have enjoyed this uh, weirdly personal info dump about my history, uh, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket, on co-host at nobody, and now on blue sky at nobody Adams. That's nobody, and then Adams with two D's. I am also a cast member on several All on the Table games, which can be found on YouTube slash uh, All on the Table RPGs. That's also where the Twitch account is. And um, yeah, we're we're really trying to build up at this point because we think we can bring some pretty great stuff to the table. You know, it's a it is a trans and non-binary focused actual play RPG company, and I'm really proud of some of the stuff we're doing. So there you go. Hey. And uh you can still find me over at both co-host and blue sky at just oblivion. It's how it's always been written. Just oblivion but Vivian put in there in, in the middle. Uh I had to actually look up my Twitter again to be like, what was that fucking handle? Because I really don't care at this point to remember this shit. Uh that you add the word the and an underscore before that for Huh. However fucking long again that this site continues to be a thing. I know we've been saying this for like half a year at minimum now. But again, uh it just keeps getting worse, huh? We have been saying Twitter was gonna die so long. <laughs> True, but if we keep saying it, eventually we'll be right, right? <laughs> at the rate we're going. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, both of us got personal Blue Sky accounts after the whole, like, he might be trying to charge everybody to use Twitter thing happened. <laughs> Which, again, <laughs> might have been taken out of proportion, but it's also a case of, like, well, you can never be too stern because this guy is just that much of a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Alrighty. Well, uh, I suppose at this point we're pretty much done, so I think there's not much left to say, but remember, us weirdos have to strike together. Bye.